That I think that's a first. I usually usually say something stupid. And welcome back after a long hiatus to Emblemcast, the Phoenix Wright podcast. <laughs> Chefin, would you would you like to <laughs> tell us a little bit about that? Uh, we could, but more importantly, we got a special guest with us this time. We do have a special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? It's not Mangs this time, guys. We swear. <laughs> uh, hey, everyone. Uh, Gas Station here. Up, dude? Hi, Gas. Yeah. Um, welcome, Gas. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming Glad on. Absolutely. Really appreciate it's, it. It's a pleasure to have <laughs> you on. Uh, thank you. Thank you. So. so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess we'll uh, get going in the uh, first segment then. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, uh, that's unless any important sure. news. Who, who would like. Who, I don't know. Is there anything to talk about? Nintendo Switch was revealed. That's a thing, right? Yeah. Maybe it's a thing. Wait. That was actually a really cool reveal. It was, I was a cool like, reveal. Yeah, it was pretty. Although there were some parts in the trailer that I thought were yeah. kind of dumb. Like the. Uh, like, realistically, who's going to be playing Street Ball? And then, hey, let's right? play 2K <laughs> yeah, on, a, on a park bench. Yeah. You know the kind of guys. You know the kind of guys who are going to be playing 2K instead of playing Street? The guys who suck at yeah, playing exactly. Street. <laughs> also, also, a lot of rooftop parties going on. Yeah, just there was. Some... Also, there was the, yeah. or also, there's the, the edgy, edgy guy sitting on the top of the bench. Oh, yeah, everyone not caring about his dog. Yeah. My favorite part <laughs> was tell you what, all the people uh, hanging out, and they're like, hey, come play with us. You're just alone inside playing it's like, games. like, hey, we and, can see you from your house. Like, okay, I'll come out and just continue yeah. to play games and ignore all of you. It's like, hey, there's this random rooftop <laughs> yeah, the, uh, party happening, and they're waving at me from the rooftop <laughs> my open window to tell me to hang out with them. What's the worst thing that could happen? Oh, I know. I'll bring my Nintendo with mm -hmm. me. Maybe they brought her for the express purpose of yeah, the they, Nintendo they Switch. Her, Maybe yeah. they actually yeah. beat that woman, and they're like, "Man, Kathy's such a bitch, but she does have a Nintendo Switch." Fucking Maybe Kathy, bring right? Up. It's elementary school all yeah. over again. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Like, she's got Super Mario Switch. I really want to play that game. She's got the new Mario. <laughs> I heard Yoshi's in that one. Look, just give her the Tostitos, and we can play the Switch. Yeah. She's only <laughs> here for the, the Tostitos. Food. Every time she's at a party, she just wants to eat our food. Now we can make an agreement. Yeah. Bring us the Switch, and we get you Tostitos. Just to make sure we don't date ourselves, I'm going to allude to things that happen in the future. So it another... sounds like this was recorded more recently than it was. Oh, yeah. How about that? November 31st, yeah. guys. Anyway, so... <laughs> Dating the podcast. <laughs> what are we gonna say, Devin? So another another cool thing about Switch, bring this bring this back to Fire Emblem. Another cool thing about Switch is we're gonna we're gonna have the best of both worlds because the next Fire Emblem game, most certainly not not counting mobile, uh, will be HD and also portable. So that that's gonna be cool. Assuming they put it on the Switch, of course. Mm. Yeah, and that they don't come out well, with another. I mean, Handheld. Yeah, I I mean games. they're gonna they're gonna put it on Switch. <laughs> I mean yeah, there's a good chance they I mean, will, but it's it's not like set in stone yet. We really don't we don't even know. If I don't know, dude. Yet. This the this 3DS is, is this... gonna last a while too. Like the GBA. And this gen GS is so weird. Just because lasted like another year and a half after they were basically done. Right. Yeah, yeah they did. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Though I think the Wii U is mm. like one of the first Nintendo consoles that didn't get. A Fire Emblem, because we got, because we had. Yeah, Patrick I mean, we didn't even N64. get a remake. Well, N64 didn't. Uh, at least they were making. That's a good point. 
Yeah. It was it was in they, development. Yeah, they were yeah. about to. I think it had something to do with that weird <laughs> expansion. It didn't thing the first that no time. one used. Oh, the double E, right? Well, didn't that or something like that? I think it was called. 64DD. Didn't that eventually become? Didn't that eventually become like a tiering saga or something? Didn't Kaga just take that, or was he gone? I don't think so. Kaga left and then made tiering saga, and then Nintendo was like, "What the hell are you doing?" Can't just do that to us like that. Yeah. Yeah, you can't just steal our stuff, and then he almost he got sued, and <laughs> no, no, there's a, a little bit of a controversy behind it, but jumping <laughs> jumping a little bit of headcast, we had as one long question. As he never to do it again, and then he made Bearing Saga, <laughs> and now he's making Vestria Saga. Hello, can you guys yes, hear sir. me? Yeah, we can hear I you. I played a bit of Vestria okay, Saga. Sorry. <laughs> it's pretty fun. Although yeah. the sprites are very like default RPG maker. Okay, yeah, really? mm-hmm. yeah. Pop. I just think the engine kind of sucks. Is it really? Uh, yeah, is I, I've I've sort of noticed that just from what I've seen in that game. Mm-hmm. Gas, this is jumping a little bit ahead, but we we had one user ask us, uh, "When is Tearing Saga Part Eleven coming out?" Tearing Saga Bro. <laughs> um, <laughs> ever? Soon, <TM. laughs> I couldn't tell you because I uh, see what I'm trying to do like lately with my channel is trying to sort of get out as much content as yeah. i can instead of yeah. instead of focusing on like heavy edits and cuts and jump mm. cuts i want to focus on sort of you know not only consistently uploading but just trying to be as like vocal in the entire you know episode sure if you, like if sure. you notice in the uh in the uh in the randomized lp i'm i'm mostly just having minimal minimal edits and seeing how far i can get with that and if it goes well and i go back to tearing yeah Saga, they're, I, they're just very small time skip cuts oh yeah yeah and if that and if like you know if the small minimal cuts works, then I'll do that with tearing saga probably. But I I have so many like time is like my biggest enemy, man. If I had if I had if I didn't have school, I would just everything would be playing. Uh, yeah, I feel you. I feel you, dude. Alas, <laughs> I mean it's it's Alas. October, November, stuff's starting to come out too, new stuff. Mm. The great yeah. grind, like the great grind. Any games you're really excited for this year, Gast? Um. If I could play the new Final Fantasy game, I would like be all over that because that just looks so legit. It looks pretty uh, cool. Fifteen. And, and in terms of other things, um, pretty much all the games. Yeah, all the games I really wanted to play this year got pushed to early 2017. Rip. Like uh, <laughs> Horizon Zero Dawn looks pretty fucking cool, but that's gonna be mm. 2017 again. Uh, obviously Zelda mm-hmm. again, 2017. <laughs> <laughs> Great push to 2017. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, does anyone? I guess we should talk about what we've been playing. Does anyone want to want to get into that? I could go. Sure. I've start. been playing Fire Emblem. Right. Yeah. Go for it, man. <laughs> oh yeah, actually, Husser, why don't you start? Because you you have the most Fire Emblem to talk about, yeah. probably. All right. Yeah. So I'm not very good at like finishing console games by myself. I usually play them with friends or just do it on handheld. But I've been trying to change that. <laughs> So I got Path of Radiance like a month and a half ago, and I had Radiant Dawn too. So I've been playing through them, and I just beat Radiant Dawn yesterday. Wow. Yeah, wow. I yesterday nice. I was like at the start of the tower, and I sat down and I was like, oh, I'll just play an hour, and then I'll I'll check out some Bloodlines, <laughs> and then like six hours later, I was looking at the credits and saying, oops, I have a midterm tomorrow. <laughs> perfect. You're, <laughs> but, perfect. You're fine. Don't worry about it. I think I did all right. It was good. It was no. Watch the spoilers though, because I'm. I just started. Uh, oh, okay. Well, I, yeah. I, I 
I have I will not say touched Talius yet, so the tower is a lot more fun than the rest of Part Four. Part Four is really a grind until the tower, but the tower is actually fun because it's like real maps again, instead of so like what... park your royal and hand axe users here and press end turn. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you take all five royals to the tower? I planned on it. And I honestly forgot that the Wolf Royal existed, so I forgot to take her. I was like, wow. hmm, that's weird. I brought another person, and I remember calculating that I could only bring, you know, this many instead of that many. But, oh well, I guess it's just being weird. And then after <laughs> I beat Asher, I was like, hey, wait, there was that Wolf Queen. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you. You were there yeah. in part one. Yeah. You were there in part so one, what's, you what's the part? and then people... you're gone. People like part three the best, right? If um, because it's the Grail Merc part, where yeah, Ike is. yeah, and it's pretty much yeah. just Ike being like a total badass the entire time, and hard cool badass, and really, Jill being a badass. I wasn't a huge fan yeah. of part three. I, 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 I personally like part one the most, mostly because part three just felt oh. sort of super easy. But I, yeah, that was sort of my thing too. <laughs> just like part, I really liked part one because it was challenging, and you didn't really have a lot of units that could like stand on their own. And then part two is like. I felt like Alencia was just like the greatest character of all Fire Emblem in that entire, in her entire story. Like, albeit being it small. And then part three, so far, like I mean, when I played, what I remember of part three was just like literally soloing against, like soloing fucking whoever's I'm. I don't even remember. Like Benyon, yeah, I think. Benyon. Just like crushing Benyon with like Har and Ike. Like it was just out. It was outrageous. They, it was crazy how much damage they did. They just give you a ton of and they put did. them in the same few chapters, and they're like, "All right, go ahead and face mm. roll this." You got yeah. Ike, you got Titania, you got Har. You really don't need much else. Isn't? Isn't there that yeah, one? Yeah, and it's it's. There's that one chapter in in it's part funny three that, where um, you can literally. It's funny that like in this there? in the actual like story, it's like oh my god, the groomers are the actually steamrolling us. And then in the actual gameplay, it's like Roz is actually so stuff. easy. <laughs> 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 it's yeah. accurate to the story. At least it is. Yeah. That's right. why, honestly, okay. I think Jill is better than Har in the context of that game because Har is a god amongst lesser gods, and Jill is a god amongst like the scrub units. Uh, Good old shit. Had, she basically there's been a lot of debates Gaian. about that, and I think what was established no, was yeah. Jill with transfers is greater than Har with transfers, who is greater than Har without transfers, who is greater than Jill without transfers. <laughs> Since Jill without transfers, like really, yeah, scrub. because she. She, it, she takes a lot to get that. going, and those extra two, plus two in those right places is a fairly big deal for her. Yeah. Yeah, I had uh, strength, speed, and defense transfers for her, which I imagine does a lot. It does, because otherwise, otherwise she, like, she misses out on a ton of doubles, and a bunch of one-round KOs, and she's really frail. Since she only has, like, what, base 24 HP or something? Yeah, it's, like, really bad. It's really mm. low, but... Yeah. yeah. Although, you, you get a Seraph robe to give her... True, which helps, but I mean, uh, it yeah. kind of sucks to almost feel obligated to just have to designate a seraph robe to her. I mean, sure, it ends up paying out in the end because she's got like she'll she'll just face roll afterwards. But yeah, it's like I don't know if if I feel like Radiant Dawn would have been better if they cut out a lot of filler chapters and gave it more to the Dawn Brigade since. They, since the level yes. grind on the Dawn Brigade. Oh yeah, they definitely needed more. Chapters. Really real on like the they last needed... part. A lot more. Is is it really that out. bad? Yeah, you, you end up. And there's Micaiah, right? Everyone complains about how shit of a lord she is. Oh yeah, Micaiah sucks. <laughs> uh, but it's like she gets staves. I actually though. like Micaiah as a, as a character. Lord. She's fine. It's like, yeah, I like her character, like, uh, but as a unit, like I basically gave up on using her in part three when she promoted to her third <laughs> tier. 
it was a plot promotion and she was like level four of her second tier. <laughs> she gets like three or four chapters between her first and her second force promotion so you really get almost no time to get her up to a decent level yeah. let alone 20. interesting yeah but honestly like at the time the pattern of like main characters in fire emblem was just like they were all like front line and like bruisers except for like like roy who is I find Roy was good until the only thing that holds Roy back is that his promotion's super yeah, late. Yeah, exactly. But like in terms of like all the other lords, like you have Elliewood who's a beast, you have Hector who was a beast, um, Lynn was eh, and then Ephraim was just broken. Uh, Radiant Path of Radiant Psych was super solid, and then you have Radiant Dawn Ike who trashed. Then you have like Micaiah who's like she's not designed to be like right. this powerhouse and i kind of find that refreshing i also find her character I agree. To be refreshing her but i agree um, kind of cool because she's like the only lord you don't want in the front line you'd rather have her doing support stuff with staves mm -hmm. and sacrifice and like and, and, and yeah and she's she's a mage yeah. lord so that kind of makes sense you, yeah. you don't want yeah. her in the front because yeah. she's made of actual paper what's sad is yeah. after 3ds we're probably never going to get a lord like that again because they're all just going to be fucking stupid broken powerful lords because oh it's the main character <laughs> can't make them seem you know weak can't make them bad dude. <laughs> can't can't put a character art or plot development i don't know but yeah I mean, one uh... level one 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 micaiah for life never use <laughs> <laughs> what, what about right at the beginning you just actively solo with edward i'm just well, out of spite. She, gets, she, I, she, she gets like to like 90 C, 96 EXP <laughs> and then, and then you just, just like done so from there. <laughs> Doesn't even <laughs> have the like, respect to get a level. On. Yeah, if, if, she, if she levels up, that's a reset. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like... Some, one, of the, one of the worst chapters I feel like in Raid Dawn is like... Uh, I think it's 1-9, the one where it's only Makai and the Black Knight. Oh, yep. Oh my god, yeah. Such, I, I had like 19 that turns just on that chapter, because it's chapter, also Fog of War. It's Fog of War, and you have to kill a certain amount of enemies, but like, every single enemy, like, unless you have like, some super-based Makaya, they they will pretty much always <laughs> one-round KO her. Right. So it's like, yeah, you, you can only go so much distance with the Black Knight, and forever, and, yeah. but the enemy is also hmm. closing in from behind you. So it's yeah, it's and a really Makaya's strange. All annoying, so you can't rescue her with Black Knight. She's like, no, I can fight on my own. And I'm like, no, you definitely cannot. <laughs> just, just let this <laughs> broken guy take care of it. All right. Just like, <laughs> even with the, even with the rescue penalties, he will still one. Yeah, he'll KO still. Everything. The rescue penalties don't affect his strength. He'll be fine. He'll still one shot everything. Jesus. And probably still like, double them. That man. Like I, I would have been fine with Makaya as a whole as a unit. It's just if there weren't like force chapters like that, where she has to uh, kind of do something, or, they, or she's or, a hindrance. Or she, yeah, like in the tower for the most part, in certain chapters. I mean, that's just kind of a lord thing, though, right? Well, not really. I mean, only, 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 only really like Micaiah, Lynn, and like Roy are like hindrances to you. I guess maybe also Fe Eleven <laughs> Mars if you wanted to get into it. Yeah. I mean, Lynn's barely I feel like... a hindrance because she's good when you have to use her, and then you don't have to use her much, really. Right. Who? Lynn. Oh, Lynn. Lynn. Yeah, yeah I, I don't. I think Lynn gets a little too much shit. She's not that bad. She, yeah, like, if really you, if you decide for... to keep using her, after, I mean, she's not you, that you good. Use her some in Lynn mode, and then, yeah. and you really don't need to use her much after that if you don't want to, unless you wanted to play all the lords. I mean, th I guess this is yeah. using personal experience and not numbers, but I my Ellie Woods have always turned out a hell of a lot worse than my lens. <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> but 
But yeah, yeah. that's unfortunate. I, I, Jill I basically like... carried Tellius for me. Because I <laughs> gave did? I gave Marsha the BXP dump to promotion when I got yeah. her. Marcia, yeah. You would have shipped Marsha though, right? I think she got RNG screwed and I didn't notice because when you give someone twenty levels and promotion bonuses, it's hard to notice when they get RNG screwed. But like <laughs> by the time I got to like mid late game, she was like really falling behind. And... Uh did she cap strength? No, she didn't cap anything. No, I I benched her honestly. Wow. She was like, wow. yeah, hmm. should have <laughs> gone majorly back. Majorly screwed. Should've yeah, she was still really useful early game, but Jill, I just leveled up the normal way for the most part, and she was really good. And I got her to twenty twenty with transfers for all the important stats and everything, and she was like doing everything important at the end. And then in Radiant Dawn, you know, she carried part one once she got there. She carried part three with Beast Foe. She carried a lot of the tower basically. You know, she and Har were both at their caps, and Har has more HP, but she has more speed, which can be useful mm. because Spe- that speaking gets of, her past a couple doubling thresholds. Speaking of that beast vote, that's also my other biggest complaint about raiding it on is all the hidden items. In yeah. Oh yeah, that is such of how important beast foe is for part three. Yeah. Because you can kind of get base rolled <laughs> if you don't have it. Yeah, it's like on a hard mode. If you don't have beast foe, you you like cannot touch the tigers. The tigers just have like <laughs> forty defense. You can't break through. And it's are you talking? Yeah, there's that. What's that one chapter in part? Uh, uh, part three. It's like I think the first one. You're in like the swamp and you have to fight Lee. Yeah, and three, six, or something. And mm-hmm. It's all like yeah. It's just like, like it's such a. It's I don't like that chapter at all. And it's like. You can beat the chapter, and then, like, the ending dialogue is, like, one of the tigers are being, like, oh, my God, their strategy was, like, impeccable. Like, how did they beat us? And we're saying, like, all you did was throw yourselves at me, and I just stayed in one spot yeah. the entire time. Set allies <laughs> to Holt. Just hold. Just pray. <laughs> hold position. Their strategy is They're too great. They're not moving at all. <laughs> They're moving so... This is so weird. <laughs> They're moving so fast, we can't see them. In 3.13, uh, I wanted to try killing Ike. <laughs> So I wanted to sleep him first, because that's usually how you do it. But my Micaiah didn't have a high enough staff rank, because I barely used her. So I I actually tried to do it with that's Laura, <laughs> who was still unpromoted, but actually had the B staves necessary. But the thing is, she sucked so much that it just missed all three times. Rip the sleep staff, dude. Rest yeah, in peace, Laura sleep. Sucks. Yeah. Um. I'm just gonna pretend like I knew you guys were talking about there. Oh, one day, one day. <laughs> anyway, let's let's move on. We've talked about Tellius enough. You finally got the radiance, right? So. I did. Yeah, I, I'll I'll mention that briefly. So those of you that have kept up with the podcast for a long time will know I have a a, a long relationship with Path of Radiance. We we get together and break up a lot. I don't fucking know. Anyway, it's just long long story short. I finally got Path of Radiance. It looks like it's in good condition. I got it for a, a, a pretty solid price. I, I was happy with what I paid for it, $68. may sound like a lot, but in retrospective, free shipping, stuff like that, I I was fine with that. Path of Radiance, <laughs> like, that's not bad. For Path of Radiance, yeah, 68's not that bad. Not bad. But, so the game's here, but uh, I can't play it. Because <laughs> I don't have my Wii with me. So I gotta wait another week to play it. I just so I just I have it so I have it on my desk where I, I do my homework. I'm writing my essays and things like that, and I just I can just look at it and dream. I can dream. And one day, <laughs> one day you may. One get day it. I'll get my Wii. One day you'll have a chance to play it, and then the disc won't work. Yeah. 
gas that so so you probably don't know the story i've told this several times on the podcast but uh my my first fire emblem game was actually radiant dawn which is not not most people's first um that's true that's true yeah so i i bought it when i it is a bad place to start so i bought it when i was pretty young and of course i played on normal mode because i didn't you know Mm -hmm. it was I didn't know the the whole mistranslation thing. I didn't even know it was going to be an SRPG. You know, I thought it was going to be like a character action game or something. Like, and I bought it. I'm like, what is this shit? And then I, I played a little bit more. Yeah, what's with all these squares? I was like, Soth is awesome. I'm going to use what's what's his his special weapon called again? The card. Uh, I think it's yeah. a card or something like something that. Like, that. Like, like card A, something or like the that. Chris, card, Chris, yeah. maybe. Yeah, the card. Anyway, I, I only used that weapon, and I think it ended up breaking <laughs> in, like, chapter three or four or something. You can buy another yeah. one uh, somewhere. And I, I got... Who's who's the healer in uh, part Laura. one? Is that Laura? Laura? Yeah. yeah. I She died, and then I was like, oh, huh, oh, well, she died, and then she didn't come back the next chapter. It's just like, what the fuck? And then I then I stopped playing. <laughs> and now, yeah. I, now I haven't touched the game since, because obviously I... Does Radiant Dawn even have a tutorial? Uh, yeah. It, not really. Not it. It has like Does, uh, tutorial tips, but not like a forced tutorial. Yeah. It's like anyway. So yeah. I'm sure you just got finished playing Path of Radiance. You don't need to tell you anything. So uh, here fun. you go. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I so that was my intro to the series. Then I then I got in again through Sacred Stones. But um, I've had mm-hmm. a Path of Radiance as a Fire Emblem fan. Just or sorry, I've had Radiant Dawn just sitting in front of me as long as I have loved this series, and I just have not been able to play it because I wanted to play <laughs> P.O.R. first, and now I finally have it. And I have I've nice. been trying to get this game for two and a half years, and <laughs> just a, a week more I can do it. <laughs> I just I can't die in that week. Oh, you nothing bad be surprised. Yeah. Make sure you said you have it on your desk. Make sure that you don't (laughs) knock it off and render it unplayable. It's already unplayable. Oh yeah, that happened to me by the way. I I got it for like sixty four dollars or something, which is a pretty absurd price for that game. And and apparently, in between the time that uh, the the bid was won and like the few hours later when the the dealer checked it, he uh, the the game broke because it fell off his desk. So, wow. yeah, that's definitely legit. A disc, a disc breaks pretty easily if it casually slides off a desk. Yeah, right? If it falls off a desk, probably on a carpeted floor. <laughs> anyway, so what have I been playing? I don't uh, know. That's a question. <laughs> Does anyone want to go first? Yeah, only, only you really know the answer. I've just been in a fever dream the past two months. I mean, I can go. Why don't you uh-huh. think about it? Well, I can tell you what Chef I've been playing. Go. Yeah, go ahead and go for it. So, go, Chef, why don't you go ahead? So this is the Phoenix Wright cast, as we know. So. so there's been two things. Uh, one, uh, in the coming up for the the coming up to FEE three that was happened or what? Uh, just recently, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. Invader Zim pretty much uh, asked me to uh, play test the entire part one build. So I pretty much ran through that like four or five times, just making sure it worked. Uh huh. Yeah, he's the staff of ages creator, yeah. right? Yeah. Or am I getting that? A, yeah. Yeah, he's he's yeah. creator of the staff of ages. Uh, that's pretty much all my fire emblem thing. It's just, uh, just bum rushing through the entire game four times, and just yeah. do you like it? <laughs> it's fun. I will say that. It's just. I mean, I hope if I you know, yeah. with, with, four times. Dude, Dark Falcon or Black Black Peg Lord, kind of cool. Yeah. 
It's just, you know, it's playing through something four times in such quick succession sort of drains right. on me. Yeah. So, that I feel sort that. of haven't really played any more Fire Emblem since. And it's, Thanks, Zim. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Zim. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, I'm shilling for Zim. Go play Staff of Ages. So now Zim can stop telling me to shill. Okay. But, yeah. And Bloodlines. <laughs> so that was that. And then... <laughs> Uh, then Spirit of Justice for Ace Attorney came out, and mm-hmm. I played through that. It was amazing. Uh, the f- first case, or the entire game, had like three really super amazing cases, which is more than most of the other games. Most of yeah, the that game, is more than most. Most of the it's games than, it's usually have two, like two or one in some cases. Yeah, Justice for All. Yeah, so I played through that, and then. After sort of just falling in love with Spirit of Justice, I was like, you know, I want to, I want to refresh my this passion for the series. So then I went back to the very beginning of the series at Ace Attorney 1, and then I just played through all eight games in the main series. <laughs> it's a casual decision. Just, just Chef like, is a monster. In just the span of a month, and it was just like... You're you're already done with Thracia too, right? Uh, no, I actually yeah. I haven't gone back to that. Oh, you... Oh damn. Because uh, I w- was busy playing all of Ace Attorney. Darren, Darren finished before you. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, oh yeah, Darren's not here, by the way. <laughs> if you guys could other, tell, their other cast member and our other YouTuber. He says that he's yeah. not allowed so, to By the way, also they're the talking about place. he he like also he also missed the the first episode we did with Mangs. So everyone's playing uh, Thracia, <laughs> and then we're gonna do a retrospective on it once everyone's finished. We are. But Mangs streamed it. Do, is he? Is that stream still going on? Uh, I haven't had uh, been able to. Do you guys know? I, I saw the first part. I did I haven't too. Seen this, I, seen yeah. This. But yeah, so yeah, man, he 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 had an interesting team. That's a word for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it'll yeah it'll come out. It should it should be out soon. The mm-hmm. episode. So yeah, I ended up replaying all eight games in the entire Ace Attorney series. Yeah, okay. and in that time, I couldn't finish one Ace Attorney case. You, you couldn't finish <laughs> one case. I'm <laughs> like, oh, but yeah. So that's where uh, f- fulfilled my Ace Attorney. Just passion, and now casually that marathon the to... entire series. No big deal. Yeah. yeah, you know, it was about uh, roughly fifteen hours a game. Times eight. eight. Games. That's, that's a number. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to do that math. Uh, uh, yeah, that's that's that's, that's a, yeah, hundred twenty hours. Yeah, you know, I will say hundred twenty hours well spent in like the span of a <laughs> nice. month. Nice. Good you for know? you. And I didn't fail I any so. test or midterm in this in the time span that's either. The important so good for you. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, the 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 games. That's all that matters, dude. <laughs> Only the games. But Dead now, games. after that, I'm probably gonna get back into playing a bunch of Fire Emblem. And nice. We'll see how that goes. But nice. Yeah. So I guess I can go. Sure. Uh, so I almost played an Ace Attorney game. So step up, Chefin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got here. some competition here. <laughs> no, so um, I uh, I've been playing through Phoenix Wright Trials and Tribulation, the fan favorite or one of the fan favorites, I should say. And I'm I'm about halfway done with the last trial of that game. And I can already say of the the three Ace Attorney games I've played, this is absolutely my favorite. Trials and Tribulations is, it's it's fantastic. It's fantastic. The, even the filler cases, and I use filler in air quotes, the the filler cases in those games are so fun. <laughs> they're, 
that like I I genuinely love all the characters in the, in these cases. And and the thing I don't think is talked about enough with Trials and Tribulations is obviously Phoenix Wright is a funny series, but I feel like in in this game in in Phoenix Wright three the writing is just on point. There were several times when I was on a plane ride once and I I was in I met uh. Who's the who's the chef's name in the third case of that game? Uh, Jean Armstrong. Yeah, yeah. I met Armstrong for the first time, and I just <laughs> his his dialogue just killed me. I started laughing out loud. There there were several legitimate laugh out loud moments for these games. It's just the the comedic tone is on point. They hit it perfectly, and uh, Trials and Tribulations is a phenomenal game. One that I need to beat because I have like. 10% of it left. Yeah, you're literally <laughs> on the it. final case. <laughs> I am on the last half of the final case. Um, gotta do it. And you do play as my favorite character in the series in that one, which is cool. I know there's also a subset of games like that, but it was cool to see it in an, in an actual Phoenix Wright game, even if it doesn't kind of make that much sense. But whatever. Suspension of disbelief. Fire Emblem? Uh, I've, been, I've been going through Thracia. That's been going well. We'll talk more about that later. Uh, out of nowhere, I decided to start up a burn it, uh, burn a tick, a, <laughs> a birthright lunatic run, and that's been kind of easy so far. I'm wondering if it gets hard. No. It does. Well, late game, does it? It does get hard? Yeah, late so game. So Gwim, Gwim was saying it gets as hard as Conquest on hard difficulty, and I can't imagine that to be the case. Does it, Sheffin? Uh, with the late game? Yeah, late game gets pretty dumb. Say, I think I'm like yeah. 20 chapters into my lunatic run, and I no, you'll, you'll, haven't seen much uh, that's like the difficulty too difficult spike. yet. Yeah. The Honestly, after beating Birthright the first time, I didn't think I'd ever go back to it, but for some reason I just I felt compelled. Once you get to 23, you'll know that the difficulty spike happened. Which one's 23 again? Uh, the one with Camilla. I thought. Oh, great, Camilla. That yeah, that's that's really when wrong. you realize that the difficulty spike happened. That all the enemies. Yeah, I hated. I hated that. that chapter on hard mode. That was a stupid chapter then too. That's the one in the sewers, right? Yeah, and you're getting constantly yeah, bombarded. Yeah, I fucking hate that chapter. Yeah, now, now she bombards <laughs> you turn one. Yes, you haven't played Birthright, correct? Uh, I have not. <laughs> and I never intended to. Yeah. To be honest. You know, like me. Okay, that's that's a broad statement or a bold statement. I'll probably play it like very late down the line. You should play it cuz it's at least for me, it is unquestionably a better game than Revelation. Uh but that is That's not a very That high is not standard. a high bar. <laughs> Revelation. Wow. No. Hey guys. It is. It's a you want to talk about what Yo. you've been playing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh I've uh I've been actually playing um well, of course the the my playthrough of randomized Hector hard mode, but on the side I've been playing Shadow Dragon in French. I, I saw that on your Twitter. How has that been? Yeah, it's actually really fun because um, see what I'm doing with Shadow Dragon is I'm just playing on normal mode and I'm just using it sort of as an educational experience because mm -hmm. um, my minor in university is in French, uh, but I haven't actually spoken or read French in so long and uh, I was too lazy and too unmotivated to actually like read a book. <laughs> So I decided to just be like, hey, I can just read dialogue and, you know, <laughs> like play this game in French because, you know, you can just get the you right. can just get a French version. Uh, and so I that's what I've been doing. Um, it's been really fun. I'm on sh only on chapter five right now. 
Uh, and aside from that, um, I hope to go back to FE4. And, yeah. uh, of course, um, just... I've actually been playing a lot of Smat, uh, Melee oh. lately, actually. Yeah, how's, how's that? Yeah. It's fun. Uh, I, I've, I'm very in and out with the... No? Uh, I do, actually. Really? Um, Who do you mean? Around, I, I used to play competitive, but it was... I mean, like, we're talking about locals and... The sure. Maritime, I mean, so yeah. it's nothing. It's nothing huge. But yeah. that being said, uh, yeah, I've, I played competitively. Did did fairly well. Then that's took cool. a break, and now trying to get back into it. But yeah, that's yeah, fun stuff. Competitive gaming is mm-hmm. it's it's great. There's a lot of good communities out it there. It is pretty fun. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's yeah. that's pretty much yeah, that's me. And of course, you know, rom uh, playing various rom hacks and. Working on Bloodlines all the time. Yeah. So. How's your work on Bloodlines? I, I will say, I, I've been I've been playing a little bit of Bloodlines recently, and it's it's some good good stuff. You're you're doing good work, Gast. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate of it. Of course. What chapter are you on? Oof, I'm I'm on. Uh, I'm gonna look it up right now. I don't know the number one, uh, the number, but it's with Cadvin. Ooh, one two one dash three. Yeah. yeah, I think it's four. Well, you'd probably know uh, your own game. Yeah, it's like it's it's technically oh, chapter yeah, four, prologue. but it's called yeah, one yeah, one right. three. Okay, we'll yeah. say, mm-hmm. not a fan of that boss. <laughs> Cadvin? Yeah. Yeah, he's a uh, he can be pretty scary. He is pretty scary with the longbow. That that's that's an interesting yeah. class because I mean you you sort of did keen cheese before, keen cheese really. At least like <laughs> yeah, bows. you can you can you can say that. Uh huh. Like, yeah. Uh, I can definitely say I've I thought of flying archers before Fates did, which is kind of funny. But yeah. of course, I mean, it's not like they cop. Yeah, whatever. It's yeah. it's a, it's a funny thing to think about. Yeah. Well, so uh-huh. Do you, this is another thing. A bit harder than usual because there isn't really a Jagan as such, so you have to actually use the other units, even if you're in yeah. Age. Can can you explain mm-hmm. to me because this is a character that I I'm still pretty early in. Um, I have really been enjoying what I've played though. Can you explain to me sort of the the sure. design philosophy behind Dewey? Because that's what I'm interested in. He he seems like, I don't know, just just an interesting unit to me. <laughs> Still trying to figure out his okay. his niches niches niches. Um, right. So the thing with Dewey is that uh, he's sort of designed like a like a sort of Kaga esque character in the sense that his growths are really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but his he when he when he'll promote, it's going to be significant. Um. But he's sort of this weird thing because it, de- it depending on like what the chapter he's playing, it can either mean he's he'll do well or not. Um, for example, uh, in chapter in chapter like one three, he's not that great because he can't really like be effective against any many characters. But yeah. down the line, when there's sort of you know there's these thematic chapters regarding a specific class or um, yeah specific you know specific you know themes in the chapter, mm-hmm. things that he can actually excel in because there's characters that he can do effective damage on. Um, and aside from that, he's uh, he's always been designed as sort of a support character. He's never been uh, a kind of character that you can just kind of throw out there, and he or he can be as sufficient as like guy in the sense that he can be a dodge tank. He's not really like that kind of character. Interesting. Um, uh, in in the next couple of chapters, you'll get a, you'll get an item for him um, that sort of establishes what kind of character he is, and then it that's and then that sort of theme of him him being a supportive type. Uh, in the game, in in gameplay, um, will sort of 
be realized and yeah. people will get a sense of what Dewey's all yeah. about. Dewey's cool. I, I mean, it's certainly a, an archetype I don't think we've ever really seen before. L like you said, <laughs> it is sort of in, inspired by some of those those Kaga characters, but I mean, Dewey is Dewey's very original. I like what you're doing, Gast. <laughs> I, I, another interesting thing is people may correct me. What I've seen so far, there is not any like stupid broken characters in this uh, game. I would agree. I'm, I'm on like chapter, I think it's 8 in Bloodlines, I still need to finish it up and unless there's anyone mm -hmm. left that I haven't gotten, no one really stands out as like absurdly broken, but no one stands out as useless. Yeah. Like everyone has some well, sort e of everyone's, everyone's like everyone's like pretty good, you know? And it's it's refreshing yeah. to see that. I'm going to say there are, there are <laughs> Yeah, see, well I'm say, oh, there are some characters Sorry. I've noticed that I personally don't think are too great. Like Lemony is nothing to write home about. Nilo's like I, especially since you have people like Agali, who, <laughs> in a lot of cases, is going to be faster and his speed's not going to be as mm -hmm. much of a problem. But they're not. Neither of them are useless. I, like you I can found still make Tyron. I found. I found Tyron to be a pretty good thief. I've enjoyed using him. He's a pretty classic mm -hmm. thief archetype. It seems like so far, but yeah. Say, in terms can't of go combat, wrong there. he's not doing a whole lot, yeah. but he does get a personal weapon later on. That no, is and nice. and he does double and double. Ah, so you got that. That's good. That's good. I was hoping people would I, catch I that. I deployed him good, just good like stuff. on a whim because I, I didn't yeah. really want to because I could tell it was like a, a long chapter, and I'm like, well, I don't want to really bring any of my four moves, so I I just put him in because it's like also well, he can move a little farther, and then he had a line, and I'm like, hey, what I'm do you know? I'm looking right <laughs> now, and this seems absurd to me. I don't think this is supposed to be right. My my Bram at level six has ten madge. That mm. may be a glitch. You might be using an older version. I probably using I older version. Send you an update yeah. patch since you're on Mac. So he did I you? I linked it to yeah. You a while I'll ago. I'll have to check that. I, Doesn't I matter. Anyway, and, and my other my other question is: Can we expect any any cool things from Bram in the future? I'm sure we can, but oh, uh, yeah, he's uh. He gets you see that Bram's a Bram's funny because um he's sort of like uh I've actually I've been told this. Have you guys ever played yes. The Last yes. Promise? And you know how like there's this kind of joke that that Kellick is like an oh, like an yep. insane oh, yes. sword. The weight. Can you handle the weight? <laughs> plays yeah. so plays Sonic 06 music is Yeah, and theme. yeah, and in <laughs> his world's this theme. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so and so I I've had people tell me that like you know Bram Bram is sort of you know he's he you can argue that he's like an edge lord but he's what I what I try to do is kind of like push that sort of uh, character of being an edge lord but trying to like justify it in yeah. the way he was brought up and the mm -hmm. way he had to like deal with life so that's something that um, I try to send forward and you know whether people get with it or don't it's you know it, it's just it's their kind of pers uh, their perception of him but yeah there's uh bram is yeah he's gonna have some pretty crazy plans and there's and some crazy stuff happens to him in this uh in this patch yeah um and i'm so excited to get that yeah i've seen it, some dialogue for, for it gets bram pretty hairy say for him. something and i'll be like well that was a little edgy of you dude and i almost had like little like <laughs> reminiscence of like yeah. a toned down version mm -hmm. of kellick but i honestly think it works fairly well for him because <laughs> it's not like kellick just being edgy for the sake of being edgy and just like oh hey i'm cool and unique please love me he actually has like story reasons for being the way he is and everything and you find and you at least in devin's case you'll find out more about that in like two-ish chapters i think mm -hmm. i think it's two one yeah no he he's a mm -hmm. likable character i do like bram he's cool mm -hmm. i like his personal or his personal weapon's pretty cool too the 
Ashics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, on the oh sorry, um, yeah, on the topic of Jagans, uh, yeah, the the whole reason. See, this is the thing I don't really like about Jagans in 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 ROM hacks because mm-hmm. you like a lot of ROM hacks aren't going to be finished. Like that's just the reality yeah. of them. And when they talk have to Megs Jagans, about that one, that's his his <laughs> major gripe about yeah. all of it. Yeah, and when and and the thing with Jagans is that like. There's nothing really. There's no sort of uh, consequence to using a Jagan in a ROM hack because unless the game is finished, then you're not going to see penalties. like the this the yeah. penalties of using a Jagan until like because yeah. you're just not going to because most you know, the average lifespan of hacks they're usually right like I I feel like the average um, of all the hacks that are still active and that are finished Jagan or ROM hacks sort of last maybe like like on the higher end like maybe like the like yeah, low I was going to say like, around like 10 or so. And up to there? Like the standard length, like mm-hmm. unless one's like finished, like Last Promise or Requiem or something like that. T- ten, yeah. I would say 10's about the, the magic number there. That's about where they all yeah, end up. Yeah, and, and I feel like and I feel like when, you know, when you're dealing with like, you know, games that are this length and you have a Jagan who is like, Jagans are going to be sustainable for like right. a long time until they fall off and, you know, the games don't really get to that point. It's just like, well, I mean, they could, they could just do that instead. And that's, I mean, they might not, they might not do it, but that's what I usually do. And it kind of, and when I was, you know, making bloodlines, I was like, do I really want a Jagan? And does a Jagan really fit in the story? And I couldn't really find a place for one. I kind of like it as the, Go ahead, so with Keegan. the way Sorry. that the story is around Bram, at least as it currently stands, there wouldn't really make sense for him to be with anyone else, let alone someone who's like broken. Yeah, I was gonna say I yeah. like it as the sort of ragtag group of mercenaries. You know, mm-hmm. it's cool. I guess if anyone, it would be a golly, but I have like there's a reason that a golly is just a mage and is just right. him. Do you like a golly? We'll get to that in my my last question, and then we'll move on. Uh, to has anyone not talked about what they've? No, I think played? I'm the last uh, one. <laughs> I think I'm the last one. Yeah. Keegan. So it. Uh, what, one more question, then we'll move on to Keegan. But um, do, do you have a favorite character in in this game? Could be you know character wise or unit wise or something like that. In in Bloodline. Yes. Oh. Uh, hmm. Would it be Bram? I don't think it would be, to be honest. Um, I think my favorite character. Uh, I really like. I just that's a weird question because I feel like I'm just bragging about my <laughs> right. own game. No, no, I mean, it's you should be proud of your own work. It's not bragging. You put your own damn time and effort into this. You know, you should be you should be proud of it. Oh, well, okay. Well, in that case, um, uh, I really like. The potential for Radali. I was about to agree with that. Um, I, she's the character I'm definitely the most interested to see what's in store for her. Yeah. Which one is Radali? Um, Sorry, the, <laughs> about you, not. You haven't closer. met her yet. Um, is you haven't you haven't come across her? Uh, I, well, technically you have. I, I've <laughs> I've seen I've seen some later chapters being yeah, you, played you technically on have YouTube met or whatever. Radali, which which, you don't know which one is Radali. what class is she? She's the jester. She's uh she's the jester. Oh okay okay yeah of, of course I know who that. Character yeah. is. Um, but she just, you know, uh, and actually, there's Radali and Marco, uh, even though Marco's sort of not really a lord type character, but it's just characters that, um, that just kind of are intriguing off, like off the bat, and that sort of just have like a unique sort of, like their first impression is just super 
like just super interesting because like you know there are some characters who uh for example maybe um okay for example in fe7 like people like dorcas and people like bartray and people enjoy you know uh sane but they don't really like for me at a surface like in a first impression sort of thing it seems sort of like archetypical and maybe not very like their their sort of impression isn't very deep mm -hmm. because you're like oh dorcas you know he has good supports but he's just like he's the fighter guy but when you think when you have guys like renault who um sort of have these early introductions and sort of like these early sort of easter egg kind of things um and then you sort of you know just kind of you just got this, this weird sort of impression with Renault that he's not maybe he maybe he's not just this sort of uh this normal like uh priest priest kind of guy yeah. there's some sort of like there's intrigue Renault's to him, pretty awesome great character yeah there's characters who are intriguing off the off the bat are the ones that I really enjoy the most it's, and, it's like that for uh, me with Jafar as well Jafar always stuck out mm -hmm. for me in FE7 yeah so it's those sort of characters that in Bloodlines I think would draw me yeah. the draw draw that I would say my favorite are because uh -huh. for me marco is intriguing um and so is uh Radali, mm -hmm. who's also pretty intriguing for me yeah. for, for the characters I've heard that i've met i really like malcolm i i think you did malcolm really well <laughs> just because he's how do, how do i put it you know he, he's sort of the uh you know the, the good-hearted i'm looking at his, his bio right now courageous and prideful exactly you know just sort of the almost the the, the cliche hero archetype, but it, but it makes sense because you're you're doing this interesting concept of uh, adding these you know humanoid animal type characters into the game. So you you start off with a cliche yeah. that we're familiar with that we can immediately uh what's what am I trying to say uh, immediately you know project ourselves on because it's it's a c character that we're familiar with, but we we still get yeah. to learn more about him as as the story goes on and, yeah. and more about his family and his past and he slips more from that cliche and develops into his own character and also he's got a pretty yeah. fucking cool design so i i, I do <laughs> like malcolm a lot thanks and that's that's sort of like the interest that's a, that's sort of like the cool part about uh tropes is because you know um right tropes are great you can only you can go su subvert expectations yeah. with them just as much as you can make you know things cliche and, and bland i guess Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing with tropes is that, like, you know, the reason why tropes kind of repeat themselves and that are, are recognizable is because, like, the human condition is only so, so yeah. deep. Like, there's only there's only so many emotions and so many, like, traits and virtues that people have. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, when, and then over a long amount of time in storytelling, these things really start to fold over themselves. Of and course. It's, like, it's the, it's, it's the ways that, you know, authors and, you know, designers can, like, separate themselves, starting with the same sort of base, which kind of you know, makes a character much, much more interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when they can sort of, when they can sort of develop past that trope. And when you have a cliche is when they kind of stay there and it's just like, oh, well, this guy is like the goofy, you know, jokey yeah. one. And this guy is the, you know, stoic whatever guy. So, and to be negative again, um, that's what's wrong about 3DS writing. <laughs> that's, that's all they are. Characters have their gimmicks, nothing else. That's the thing about um, tropes Sorry. that I like, is, is that, that you can use them and they can be used, utilized pretty effectively. It's like an introduction and a base to the character. So like, as you meet them initially, when you first meet them, they're like, oh, okay, they're this kind of character. And then they can develop on that yeah. and give reasons as to why they act like that and then develop them further into a like a much more in-depth character. Like You can use them as a tool yeah. to introduce the player to them and then you can expand on that as time passes. Right. I mean, and, and, that's, and mm -hmm. that's what, like, 
great literary works have been doing for fucking centuries. Like, Hamlet is, is a work I just had to read in an English class, I'm sure. A lot of people listening to this podcast have read or, or seen Hamlet. In Hamlet, they introduce him as this fucking edgelord dude that's like, oh, God, I hate the world. And you're like, okay, buddy. But then you realize he's this deep, complex character and, and has a lot going on in there. And, you know, again, tropes. Tropes exist for a reason. Mm-hmm. Keegan. Yo. What video games have you played? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Finishing up part one. Well, I think Devin knows where I'm going with this one because I've been saying I'm going to talk about it for a while. Oh, so, I'm excited um, about this so one. So about a month back, um, Danganronpa went on sale, both one and two on Steam, and Devin was like, hey, you should go get these games. They're pretty good. And I'm like, all right, sure, I'll go ahead and get them. So that, like, on that... Pretty good? On that... Yeah, pretty you, good? You said they were really good and that you really liked them a lot. And I'm like, okay, well, sure, I'll check Pretty them out. fucking good. And then my payday rolled around. I bought them, and I downloaded it that day. It was probably around, like, 5, 5.30 at night, and I've st- I opened the first. I'm like, all right, I'll go ahead and get started into this. Next thing I know, it's 4 in the morning, and I have been marathoning that game. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I think I see what he's getting at. This, this is pretty solid. Five and a half days and 60 hours later, I beat both games. And, I yeah, they were they were really good. I, I enjoyed what they did. I don't usually play those kinds of games much. And I suppose Danganronpa in and of itself is a bit unique in the way it plays. I don't really know of a whole lot of other games that do exactly what they do. It's off the top of my head, but... Um, yeah, I mean, the easy comparison is Phoenix, right? Right, but, they're, but I mean, they're even, definitely, even then, they're still They're definitely different things. Right, like, they, ha- they have the investigation thing that it's obviously pretty similar, but the way they go about their trials is pretty yeah, different. And the trial. And, I mean, yeah. Right. You still need to play uh, Phoenix Wright, I do. Keegan. I do still need you got to get on that. Soon, DM. But, um, but like, yeah, the the cast in both games especially, they, they have really interesting characters, and they do that, that, again, that same thing I was just talking about earlier, where they all fall into tropes, but a lot of them develop past their tropes. And you can, like, you, yeah. like you'll meet them, and you'll be like, oh, okay, you can already kind of tell the character that they are. And then as you stick with them, you can see that all unfold. At least with the the ones who yeah. live. I mean, it, it it makes complete sense. It makes complete sense that you talk about that game now because for those of you who have never played Danganronpa, like what Keegan said is literally the fucking game. Yeah. Like the, the part of the premise is that each one of these characters um, is an ultimate, so that they have some sort of special ability, and it it generally goes to cliches. A lot of them being you know anime or, or Japanese cliches. But in and you think, oh, you know, this is going to be our normal. Dumb hot girl character. Right. This is going to be your normal Sundere. This is going to be your normal whatever. But then you learn more about them. And you're like, wow, these Especially, characters are deep, interesting. This is the reason. This, this is the reason they act this way. That's part of the way they like build the intro of that game. Is that right off the bat when right. you it is. when you get put in, you get you basically wake up in a school and you're like, okay, what the fuck's going on? And then you go meet the rest of them and you go through a whole introduction section with everyone and you have like brief conversations with everyone yeah. and then you find out their ultimate abilities and then in that time you start to figure out the kind of character they are, and then with some people, that does stay the same, and they stay pretty solidly mm-hmm. along their trope, and those are generally the worst characters. I won't name names. Hifumi, fuck you. But, um... Hifumi. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... And then, you, then you'll have the characters who, you'll, you'll like I said, you'll learn about, like, their, their basis, and then you get to see them expand on that as the game progresses on. And you, you can... You, Nagito. Yeah. Nagito's an awesome example. <laughs> because you, yeah. he's a really cool example of it too. Because like off the bat, oh, he's so you cool. get you, you get Such this impression character. of like 
of just kind of like almost like a down to earth guy, and you almost think he's gonna be like your partner in crime for the whole game. Well, well, his, well, his, his, his idea is you look at him and you say why. And why is he not the protagonist? Yeah. Because he is literally voiced by the protagonist of the yeah. first game. He has like the similar design, the exact same ultimate ability, the exact same voice actor, and for right. a while. Let's let's not let's not spoil yeah. it though. Let's let's stop from there. What? Let's just say they subvert expectations yeah. several times with that character. And he was one of the more um, interesting ones in the second. But yeah, th that series yeah. was really good. And I know you haven't watched good. the uh, anime for the third game for the third. I gotta entry watch yet. the anime. Yeah really wraps up the story nicely, but yeah, Danganronpa is a really cool series that I was very happily introduced to. I, if they do a PC port for yeah. the third game, I will definitely pick it up. Yeah, or you could be cool and get a Vita. I don't want a Vita. Like me. Yeah, all two people. I Fuck you. <laughs> all two people. The other one's not on the show, but, uh, yeah. not today. Anyway, we should get into questions. Uh, sir, cue the music. Oh, yeah. Sure. And I'll just, I'll just, I'll just whip that up right now that's how it works <laughs> yeah just si sing us a song And welcome back to Emblem Cast, the Fire Emblem podcast. I said it right. That, I think that's a first. I usually usually say something stupid there. That's generally what you do, though. Uh, yeah. No, I, not just, you just usually you know, say something stupid in general. Not not fit to be host. Um, give, give me the show. <laughs> or not fit to be living. Uh, so, <laughs> that was dark. Uh, we have guests here, as as I'm sure those of you that have made it this far know. Um, we're gonna move into questions. Hello, hello, guest. <laughs> you know, I've gone anywhere. How you doing back there? <laughs> Sorry that we have to keep you in this cage, you know. But we we <laughs> we gotta get your audio somehow. You know, you'd leave if you didn't. Yeah. So first question is by Guy three thousand and two, who says, and I'm gonna combine this with uh, Wrath. Rathlal? Rathy? Rathalal? Rathalal. Rathalal's question. They both ask, what motivates you, you referring to Gas, to work on your Hacksaws channel? Then <laughs> the other one says, Gas, where was your main motivation for creating an FE hack with anthropomorphic animals in it? It's a direction that nobody has really taken in the modding scene unless you count that FE4 MLP hack, and I feel that in terms of setting, it's a really refreshing direction to go into. Okay. So what motivates me uh, to work on my hack, and I'll start with the, the hack part. Um, I actually couldn't really pinpoint, like, a specific answer. I mean, I really enjoy, you know, just kind of letting my creativity uh, sort of work its course and, you know, 
um, just seeing what sort of like sort of really cool stuff you can just think of. And, you know, I mean, everyone sort of has that when they're when they're sort of young or when they're sort of like aspiring and really in their prime of playing video games that they're thinking, oh, what would I make as a video gamer? I really wish I could make one. And um, I was always sort of like that. I always had, you know, stories flying in my head uh, growing up and stuff. They always, you know, weren't great. And they were always sort of just like these concepts. And uh, when I sort of stumbled upon hacking and um, I, you know, Fire Emblem was always my favorite series. And I remember... Uh, you know, when I was a kid and I had my like my Legos and, you know, I was I would just be finishing playing FE7 for the Game Boy Advance and I would just sort of like pretend I was like making this sort of like mock Fire Emblem scene with my Lego characters and stuff. So <laughs> I always really had sort of a passion for, you know, uh, uh, sort of a Fire Emblem strategy based sort of game, but I never really had a means to do that. And of course, I'm never going to learn actual, you know, coding and stuff because I don't I just yeah. don't have the time or the 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 hoots yeah. to give uh so yeah the hack was sort of a sort of that that sort of that the draw of hacking was an interesting thing and what keeps me motivated is you know mostly just you know having people tell me how it is you know i i'm, I'm sort of a person that relies a lot on feedback almost to a fault um and it's just sort of a constant you know bouncing back and feedback and it's sort of for me it's sort of like a like a very long project slash a game in itself like you know uh, you're sort of pouring in like hours and hours and hours into this. And the accomplishment for me is, you know, it, like, like winning a, like beating a video game is like completing a chapter or doing that. And it's just this constantly evolving thing that just kind of makes me want to stick with it. Um, and for the channel, it's, it's kind of the same thing. It's just like, I like, you know, making playthroughs. I like making people laugh. I like being entertaining and people reciprocate and that's that so essentially there's like awesome. creative outlets that was a that was a good answer yeah, yeah. i mean <laughs> i i feel like everybody has that thought when they're playing a video game like i could do that you know <laughs> yeah right and I, uh I can you've done it or you are doing it so mm -hmm. good for you mm -hmm. thank you <laughs> next question um and oh go ahead go ahead oh this this one the the rathalel one is still uh, my main motivation for creating uh, an Effie hack with anthropomorphic animals is Shining Force. Uh, <laughs> funny enough, someone I think I think the guy who actually said that that asked that question uh, does know about like my I have an absolute love for Shining Force and especially Shining Force Two. Mm -hmm. It was one of the first games I've ever played with my brothers. It actually it's like one of those games that holds a lot of sentimental value. Um, and it was just, it's, I just, I just loved that game so much. And, you know, I just felt like Fire Emblem and Signing Force is just like, I mean, I think they were competitors to begin with, uh, between the gen, between Sega and Nintendo. And I think, I mean, just putting, put those two together and it's just like, oh my God, it's just, it just seems like, it seemed like such a great idea. Like, man, this is like the place to do it. So that's sort of how that happened. Yeah, Got to play one of those games yeah. one day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Soundtrack is also godly. <laughs> yeah. I feel like every soundtrack from that era is just like, holy shit, you got to hear this. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so um, awesome. Next question is asked by, excuse me, Aviator G, who is, uh, I, I think he's asked several questions, right? Uh, I recognize the, the Levin Flare and, yeah, it sounds familiar. Anyway. Yeah, Scass, what are your thoughts on FE4 and what drew you into Fire Emblem in the first place? Okay, uh, so FE4 is 
kind of a mixed bag for me. I mean, I've only played f the four chapters and I'm still just starting on chapter five. But Ooh, chapter there are some five parts is, of FE4. Something. Yeah. <laughs> Those bolting mazes. Um, yeah. Uh, the thing with FE4 is it kind of makes me feel different emotions. Um, so I like the uh, I, the writing is sort of something that you have to sort of embrace and you have to understand that you have, I feel like to appreciate the writing in FE4 you have to put yourself in that sort of perspective that there's a lot of time skips going on uh, that supports don't exist so you kind of have to draw your own conclusions um, as to why these as to why for example Sigurd and Deirdre would be in love with each other five but in between like right. between five turns <laughs> yeah. like it's that kind of thing where you have to like understand that these are large-scale battles but at the same time there's only like small like platoons of like units that are it's it's kind of hard to to immerse yourself in the story in my opinion but once you do and once you sort of just ex accept fe4 for what it is it gets easier um and in terms of the gameplay i really like the hit and run sort of way of doing it where it's you can you you have all these all these mounted and you can just kind of like come in and like you hit and then you run you hit then you run you hit then you run over and over and over um, and it's sort of this always sort of a, like a, there's when it comes to fighting there's never a dull moment but when it comes to not fighting it's dull <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's a weird Absolutely. sort of it's a weird that's that's a very good yeah, way to what, put it yeah but it's it's sort of like these weird this this weird dichotomy of like excitement and boredom um and it kind of just leaves with a mixed opinion yeah. like for all the cool things fe4 does it feels like there's something else that kind of is weird about it um so it's i'm, I'm mixed i'm mixed on it i do enjoy playing it and i i love streaming it it's such i feel like it's such a fun game to stream and i've already had so many funny moments with playing fe4 uh that are just i'm never like it's it, honestly some of those parts were like the most entertaining and fun times i've ever been i've ever had playing a fire emblem wow game. And I think I, I think that has a lot to do with just streaming and you know right. interacting with people. Um, and what drew yeah, and what drew me into Fire Emblem uh, in the first place was melee. Melee <laughs> brawl for me. Melee, yeah, melee was uh, you know playing. I used to actually only play as Roy, and then when FE7 came out, I was like so confused. <laughs> and then Roy was the kid, and I was like, oh my god, this is like mind blowing. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And I thought I was very confused. I think I thought Marth was Hector, but that made no sense. And I was just like, "Where's Marth coming from?" And he never showed. And then I found out that he, oh, it was like the first and second, and you know, the third and something game. So yeah, that's how I started. So that, that's the interesting like, thing. I feel about, like I'm like pretty much every. Um, so that's the interesting thing about people ahead. who who um who start playing the games off of Melee is because the the two char two FE characters in there aren't even in any of the English titles at that point in time. And in the case yeah. of Roy, you never see him in an English title. And in the case of Marth, you don't see him in an English title for, like, I don't even know the time gap. It's, it's quite a few years. Well, and four installments for, later. Yeah. For me. Well, the thing that, yeah. hmm, the thing that, that I think, well, at the time, you know, uh, Melee was released after FE6 or in promotion right. for FE6. Right. So the so Japanese yeah. kids they knew what was up. Yeah, so Japanese kids were they knew what was going on because they they were just mm -hmm. using Roy for the first time. It was, it was like um, and then, of course FE7 FE7 comes out. Yeah, FE7 comes out that year later. So we're like really confused. And then of course they know you know Marth is like a very pop like the Marth games are super popular in Japan, way more popular in uh, in Japan than the states for sure mm -hmm. or in North America rather. Right. 
Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was going to say, just, time, my, haven't you know. They, haven't, like, North America pretty much uh, surpassed them in sales now? Oh, I have no idea. Maybe, probably. That I mean, it, to North America is just... North America does have, like, 300 such, It's people. so much bigger than Japan is. It is a larger is. country, <laughs> so we have that... Or continent, I should say, so we have that advantage. Yeah, and the yeah. advantage of it being a continent and not even just a country. Yeah. And Japan's, like, a pretty small country. <laughs> um, what, what I was going to say is just with that confusion, with characters not being where you think they should be, me, you know, Brawl was what got me into uh, Fire Emblem, and... Like I said earlier, Radiant Dawn was my first game. So, obviously, Ike is in that game, but not for a while. And I did not get mm-hmm. that far. So, for me, it's like, where the fuck's Ike? <laughs> I bought this game because Ike's on the cover or on the back or something like that. It says Fire Emblem. It says he's supposed to be in this game. Where's my cool, beefy sword man? I just have Micaiah. <laughs> my thing was... This, and Edward. <laughs> mine was I started with Brawl 2, except my first game was Shadow Dragon, so I didn't have that issue. I'm just like, oh, hey, there's Marth! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so last question is asked by uh, Roncha Elixir, who says, What helps you the most when writing dialogue and or characterizing your diverse cast of characters and bloodlines? Which units are you particularly fond of? Which I think we already talked <laughs> about a little bit. But... Yeah. 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 So what helps you the most when writing dialogue or characterizing your diverse cast of characters and bloodlines? Hmm, that is a good question. A lot of um, the characters are inspired by uh, friends of mine. Um, you know, Kale is actually based off my real friend uh, named Kale, uh, who is a goofball who makes me laugh all the time. And Tyron is uh, based off my f- other friend called Tyson, who is also best friends with Kale and best friends with me. And uh, Alex uh, is uh, who uh, Agali was <laughs> derived from. Uh, funny enough, um, I have my very old notes of uh, of chapter one when Nagali first comes in. His name originally <laughs> was Xander. Oh. Wow. I mean, yeah. wrong class. That's, yeah, that's something. Right um, <laughs> yeah, um, I thought that was pretty funny when because like Xander came out. And I was like, oh my god, I could have beaten him to the punch, but I uh, changed it to Agali. Um, so yeah, a lot of the a lot of the characters uh, have to do with. You know, either my past experiences, uh, you know, or things that happened to me in like in my life that I felt I could sort of personify in a to a sense. Um, and writing dialogue, uh, it's it's you know I'm 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 talking like I speak to people all the time. Like uh, I'm I'm like I'm sort of social, and so there's a lot of uh, conversations that I've had that kind of stuck with me, and um, a lot of people I've had. Uh, in my life that sort of had sort of a, not a profound impact, but a unique impact that sort of, I built a, a, uh, a sort of inspiration from like, for example, uh, Nilu and Sadati was, uh, were characters because, um, well, their names were that because I actually know a girl, uh, named Nilu Sadati. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. And, 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 you know, she, yeah, and, and she was and she was brown, and you know I I thought man that's such an interesting thing I could I could work with, and that's how that was inspired. And other characters were sort of on a whim, um, and other characters were you know different uh, motivations even from not only my personal life but other Fire Emblem games like um, uh, Narbid, uh, who actually 
chef? You uh, don't? It's, it's a chef wait. or someone else? I think else? it's Devin who hasn't gotten to that point yet. Yeah. Right, right, Devin. Uh, so I won't say too much, but, you know, he was inspired. Well, he was He's more of a a Fire Emblem sort of character mm-hmm. than other characters in yeah, the I game. Uh, but aside from that, yeah, it's... Yeah, um, so writing dialogue and, you know, characters, are, it's just, you know, things that I've I've experienced that I try to personify and uh, create dialogue out of, and that's how I... Um, that's how I write, and that's how I uh, think of characters. That's yeah. kind of pretty cool to hear about that. Because, I mean... In- interesting stuff. Because, <laughs> um... So, yeah. Oh, my God. I, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> Shit. Um, <laughs> you a stroke? Are you okay? Evan's dying, but... <laughs> Do you need life alert? You think it sounds like you need the life alert. But, um... Ooh. Yeah. I was saying, it's kind of cool to hear the inspiration behind the, the characters, at least in... Oh, few of the cases is based on like actual people that you know and are close friends with at least in the case of like Kale and Tyron who are based on like actual close friends of yours yeah mm-hmm. we ever gonna see a, a Mang's character <laughs> <laughs> uh, you don't have to answer that probably not <laughs> yeah uh, probably uh, not. rip rip the dream <laughs> rip, rip. Mang. Oh, <laughs> yeah now they're now they're no longer gonna do content together ever <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Um, yeah, so I guess that's it for questions. I We should go on to, to part three. Alright. Chef, All would you right. like to, to sing us a song? Uh, I'm good. Going to part right, three, now we get to meet Ike. <laughs> So welcome back, welcome back to Emblemcast, the Shining Force podcast. Just gonna uh, get it wrong every time except <laughs> once, now. Yeah, except once. Thought I'd throw that one in, in for Gastelies here. So I was about to say Fantasy Star for some reason. I don't know. I don't know why that was on my mind. Is that even a thing? In, you know, in front of Shining Force. You don't know what Fantasy Star I've is? Heard of it. It it, it is have, a thing. You didn't play it on your oh. Dreamcast. <laughs> What? I actually have a dream. It's an MMO, it's an MMO isn't it? Isn't yeah, Fantasy Star, Star Online was an MMO for like the, the GameCube and PS2 that was pretty popular. Never played it, but cool. I know it's a thing. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, anyway, Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem is also a thing. Kinda. Mm. Sometimes. The topic of this conversation. <laughs> it just so happens to be rather important. It's 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 maybe it's maybe thirty thirty percent of the time <laughs> the topic of this podcast. A chance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is, you know, three out of ten. I'll take it. Take it. Uh so this podcast. This topic, we're gonna be talking about hacks. We'll make some good, make some bad. What do we like? What do we not like? Mm-hmm. 
So hacks. <laughs> I don't like hacks that are bad. Uh, who wants to start? Chefin. Sure, I'll start. Chefin, why, why don't you talk about Staff of Ages? Because I'm sure a lot of people listening to this podcast will be familiar with that. And he had to spend As, a lot of time playtesting. I would so say had decent experience yes. in determining what does and doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I so I, I I would say right now, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, because you probably know more about this than I do. The, the three sort of big hacks out right right now that that people are really paying attention to are um, Bloodlines. Staff of Ages and FE7X. So, well, I mean, you can get technical and say FE7X isn't a hack. I'd, I would throw Midnight Sun in there, but it's been really quiet for the last few months. Has it really? Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it has mm -hmm. been really quiet. There's definitely, I would definitely agree that you know, of the active hacks that are sort of in the sort of discussion mm -hmm. circle, would be uh, Staff of Ages, um, FE7X. In terms, you know, I, I mean, we can just use the broad yeah. title as fan games. Yeah, right, we'll, fan we'll, we'll call them fan projects, fan games. Yeah, and it would be. I think it'd be Bloodlines because it was. It you know, of course, Part Two was released. Staff of Ages because they have a their first arc has been finished, and uh, FE7X because that always seems they always to be seem to be up to something an impressive there. topic of yeah. conversation. They do. Yeah. They, they do. Good and Olivian Knights, but Olivian Knights yeah, is fairly say, quiet. I feel now. like no, yeah. Yeah. for most of Olivian Knights, it's just like he'll he'll like release patches, like add some stuff, and then he'll say he'll finish it, and then something will happen. And then yeah, yeah. Wait. I mean, it's it's still good not to get not to give him yeah. any shit. Like I enjoy Libyan Nights, but like yeah, it, you can say it has been a while since we've gotten too much out of it. Yeah, it has been pretty. Yeah, quiet. I haven't checked it out. I'll have to at some point. <laughs> too many games to play. Yeah. I will say though, because yeah. this is probably not going to fit into the conversation anywhere else. I I watched your uh your Effie Effy chess game <laughs> on your YouTube channel. No, oh. that that was a that was an entertaining. Thing. That was one of the ones I meant to watch. I can't believe that I cannot believe I cannot believe someone put all of that effort into that because it was um, yeah it was fantastic. yeah it might look a little a little rough around the edges but like clearly a lot of work went into that they edited a lot of basic parts of that game J just like character move I mean that's ridiculous yeah it was it was it, it was honestly like a, a marvel to, to yeah. play it was so much fun um definitely a highlight of the yeah, event, I didn't sure. see much of it other than that little clip from the trailer and I meant to watch the video but something happened and I didn't and I just see I <laughs> it saw was pretty like fun a, I think they had the bishop piece move and it was just like this huge diagonal line I'm like what the hell is <laughs> yeah. this yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's the really cool thing about it but it's a, it's a, it's a it's definitely a worthwhile view because the writing is hilarious and the gameplay is just, it's so interesting. It's just like, it's something, like, even after playing it and watching it, I wanted to watch it again because it was just such yeah. a unique thing. The writing was pretty um, funny. So You're right. Yeah, what is sure. FE Chess? It's, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's someone who <laughs> made yeah, it's Chess, chess and Fire Emblem 7. Yes. Yeah. It, it's so, so basically what, what it is, is um, it was a submission for a contest on Serenade's Forest called Make a Fun Chapter, where it's basically... Uh, the goal is to make one one cha a one a single chapter sort of hack where it was, you know, an all-encompassing fun experience, not frustrating, uh, just you know really fun, maybe challenging, just you know a very entertaining uh, thing to play. Right. Um, and he just went and decided to totally annihilate, you know, the way the game functioned and and, and implemented literal chess pieces like. A rook that can only move vertically and horizontally, but mm. infinitely, until he gets obscured by either uh, uh, his own piece or the opposing piece. And same thing with you know bishops. And there were some you know every you know 
it's it was it's honestly just a mix between fire emblem and chess in so many and like it's just it's literally self-explanatory you know pawn pieces can move mm-hmm. only one or two spaces um, knights have and that they can like hook by... knight functionality which is cool too that l shape yeah, yeah of. they it's just yeah the l shape and, and it's just it's so accurate but also it has the fe twist which is just it, it works it works yeah, really well it's, cool. it's very fun to watch the, the other submission i saw for your, on your channel i think it was for that contest as well was the uh the fe4 one right at, at the end of chapter five that thing. yeah <laughs> that was hilarious to, to, to play through the that gameplay was, cool. was the gameplay was a, it was a little as little on the easy side but it was still a blast to see you know yeah it was funny there, there were some fucking broken units <laughs> that they gave you in that yeah i mean but it is reflective of the yeah. actual chapter, sure i'd assume it's it's basically yeah, but, like you know, what if chapter five didn't go to shit to to not spoil things, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, back to uh, the topic there. Um, you were saying about Staff of Ages. Um, yeah, Chefin. And you know the three, the three, the three big, the three big, the three big, you know, projects. So I see. I guess you should continue on with what you were saying before. Mm-hmm. We kind of went on a tangent there. Yeah, so Chef, do you want to start off saying your thoughts on Staff of Ages as you're certainly the most familiar sure. with that hack out of all of us? Uh, Staff of Ages, it's got a, it's got some pretty cool concepts. One of the things that I'm more interested in seeing on how it plays out is it's set up in sort of an FE8-style route split, mm-hmm. except in, instead of Yurikan Ephraim. It's is, that, is that planned? I didn't know Yes, that. it is planned. Uh, I think it, it goes up to the route right now. So no, I, I think I think ask. I've seen I think I've seen something on it like going up to the route split. Like I've yeah, seen, I don't know. Like I I, I hadn't finished. Saying, like, you had yeah. to go with Owen or Sawyer, so I think you're good. In that okay. Regard. All right, so then Zim can't kill me. But <laughs> yeah, that's probably going to be one of the more interesting things that I want that I want to see the hat go with, and it's certainly set up. The one of the things that I've sort of complained about with the hack is enemy density is really high for such early in the game i think mm-hmm. by chapter i would agree uh, I, I remember talking to zim about and apparently in in chapter 12 1f they hit the enemy unit cap which is 50 which like, i'm like just, just it's on base chapter deployment? 12 like on base deployment yeah no that's no with yeah the, how many enemies there are and I'm like it's chapter 12 we don't you need... haven't even given any promotion items i don't think I, I, I feel like the game's it. trying to scale up too quickly, which mm-hmm. is understandable since mm. that's one of the one of the, like the big complaints with like main series FE difficulties is it takes like a long time for it to catch up to most of your units. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's interesting at the same it's interesting to see it try like get ahead of you, but also at the same time it's kind of annoying because it's getting a little too far ahead of you. It gets a little too far ahead, or either you, tr- or either you're forced to dump pretty much everything into like Sawyer, Owen, or Eagle, or Bell, and then it gets out of hand. Then, which I feel like it shouldn't encourage dumping into. It's n- uh, no FE game should encourage dumping uh, like all the EXP or resources into like a few units. Right. I feel like it needs to spread game. it out, mm-hmm. and I feel yeah. like. High enemy mm-hmm. density is one of like the big co- big causes for forcing to dump in to a f- such a small handful of units, which 
I don't know. I'm going with this. I want to, they say that they're going to be scaling it down in a lot smaller chapters with the route split, which is definitely needed. But I suppose, like, at I, least I, I from, do a, the... from a story perspective, from at least from what I know of all of it, it like, it, it kind of makes sense that you would be dealing with that many enemies, but it does, just because it makes sense in the story doesn't mean it should reflect one-to-one in gameplay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's never really been a thing in Fire Emblem, though. Like there was, you know, there was always a dis, uh, a contrast between, you know, the 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 grandness of, you know, fighting an army versus actually right, fighting the they, army. It's they like put you in the perspective you know, of like you're fighting. That'd be that's just they'll do is like, yeah, that'd just be a ridiculous thing to see in a Fire Emblem game. Like, yeah, let's literally fight a forty man army. No, how about let's just pretend it's an actual army and fight yeah, twenty five right. people. Because it's like, oh, it's here, awesome. you can send your, your ragtag team of about 15 people and go take on an actual army. Good luck. Have fun. Bye. Well, it's basically FE4, <laughs> except, like, scaled weirdly and time-wise. At least yeah. they, at least they put a lot of like, space. Like, with FE4, <laughs> there is a lot of space, but I feel like FE4 is, like, one that needs, like, a changing, like, daylight thing. Because it makes it seem like just, like, Seeger just leaves the castle at, like, noon and conquers an entire country. It's yeah, like, you just, just casually. <laughs> yeah, it's clearly right, supposed right to be like. I'm gonna go take over a country today. That would actually that would actually be a pretty good a pretty interesting idea. Or I'm fairly certain in Advance Wars they do sort of like day one, day two, day three. Type uh, thing, I haven't right? played Advance. I know the last promise in like one of the last cha- one of the yeah. like final last chapters. It does have a changing daylight system. Yeah, it's like it's because it's like this even huge, bring, even oh, brings Yeah, it's like a huge yeah, it's a chapter. huge like FE4 style map. Yeah, like it's five like every castles four... to see is like, and it rotates between day and night, and then there's mm-hmm. fog of war around the nighttime, and like they, they do make it feel like the fight is actually wow. like this wow. big grand thing, and it, at least in the story perspective, it is like it is the like one of the decisive battles and whatnot. But but it, it can it, but it can feel That's like a bit of a slog for some of the reasons that FE4 does, just because like like Gas was saying earlier, during the times where you're fighting, it's good, but in the times where you're not, it sucks. That's kind of how that chapter plays yeah. out, except not quite yeah. as bad as FP4 because the map's a bit smaller. Right. The, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Staff of Ages, for me, I think it does so many cool things, but it also does so many things I don't like. Oh. Um, <laughs> that that might sound really negative, and I don't mean it to sound that <laughs> negative because it's, it's a cool hack. And, well, and what, do you not, Zim is, what, what is it that you don't like since that's sort of the topic? What does it do? Yeah. Is, um, it the, is it the enemy density? Enemy density, absolutely. It's definitely a problem. But to me, it just seemed, and, and you touched upon this a little bit, it's just, Fireman games have never been balanced, so to say, you know. But to me, it's, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's really unbalanced. <laughs> like, w- literally what advantage do clerics have over troubadours in this game? Uh, they have one two. They have one-two range heal staves. That's it, though. And higher, and higher, and yeah, over but, a higher growth. Though, for what it's worth. But but troubadours have mounts, and they can also use tomes. Right, but Una sucks. Yeah, Aside Una's combat's really bad. So, like, yeah. the combat and the one is two, really And the 1-2 like range heal does thing. open up... And the 1-2 range heal does open up more uh, positioning possibilities. I would say, like... they actually heal more. Say before they added they festivals, I would more agree ESP. with you. Before they added festivals, I, I would. I suppose. Because that's, uh... That was, I'd under the most recent patch. I would agree that Aurora just really didn't serve a Yeah, no, I, I... Yeah. But at least one, two mm. range staves <laughs> give her... One, give her a little bit of a leg up over the extra move. Right. 
Mm-hmm. And that's also mm-hmm. sort of been a thing in like pretty much every Fire Emblem game. Like the cleric is never as useful as the mounted one, except in FE6 with Saul. That's that's almost on the yeah, merit. Saul's of pretty Saul, good. Not even just like that he's. That, yeah, that that's more of a merit of the fact that he has C rank stays. Right. Like. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and every that's other game a game where you could certainly do with two healers. Not even well, not even that. It's more of just solely the C staves, but in every other game, the mount the mounted healer is always vastly superior. Like Ethelin yeah. to Dean, um Priscilla to Sarah. Ex- I guess I guess FE eight, but all the healers in FE eight suck except yeah. Like I mean, because they have slightly lower growths and bases, but a horse yeah. <laughs> and a horse is probably better. <laughs> the, mm-hmm. I guess that's also like one of the so, grand and, uh, like balancing things with FE is like how how do you balance? Sure. Mount? I mean, how do you balance yeah, mounted classes? Because move is so good. Mounts versus foot units because having more moves just gives mm-hmm. you so many more options. And right. I think I don't mm-hmm. remember what I've played in recent history. That they, that the um, armor units have five move instead of four. But whatever hack I played, yeah. I think staff that's of staff of that is staff of ages, right? Yeah, yeah. do the, do yeah, more, the armor knights more have of the same that movement because too. it helps. Like it helps that gap because, like, like you're all saying, like with like I was just saying with um having more move gives you more options and knights having that move since you want to <sighs> be able to strategically position them having that one extra move helps you accomplish that a little better. At least on maps where yeah. you need to be moving mm. around a bit more. We've talked mm. about it a little bit, but I do think that mm. FE4 made a made a solid attempt that was ruined by its giant maps, but if you compare, like, Alec to, like, Holland or Neusch to Ira or something like that, you can definitely see that foot units generally have better combat, and if they were only behind by, like, a turn, then that could actually be enough for them to be useful. But when Sigurd's stomping ahead, like, four turns ahead on the map from the road, <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If the yeah. maps were, like, around the quarter of the size that they are, the foot units could actually potentially have that advantage over the mounts that they don't really have in any game. Yeah. Exactly. Also, mm-hmm. yeah. one of the big things that I kind of look forward to, Axe, is taking some of the, like, best the best concepts that the GBA games had and sort of expanding upon them. Like, with The Last Promise, one of my, sort of my favorite things was, at least in the first part, was saving up money for the Seraphrobe shops. Oh, yeah, that was really... That in was the first nice. part? That, that, that was actually probably one of my most favorite part of The Last Promise, was just saving up just so I could buy as many Seraphrobes as I could. Right, because which you would... Which is reminiscence to FE6 and just saving up just to buy, like, a billion boots at the end of it. Because um, that that's something that you can kind of plan throughout the whole game is just like what yeah. resources you do and don't get. Because you're like, oh, well, maybe if I buy a couple extra weapons here, I'll get one less Seraph robe down the line, and which one matters more? Those kinds of decisions. Are yeah, and that's cool. like, you know, I could I could use I could use this mm-hmm. like use of the silver sword, uh, but that silver sword used to contribute to a to a higher to more another Seraph robe. <laughs> I gotta save that use. For yeah, my and. That that's something that I really liked with the Last Promise, and then with Staff of Ages coming up, the concept of a route split. That's something I I always really enjoy, just having two different sides of this of something. Because, yeah, yeah, I a, I do now now knowing that there is a route split, I do like the idea of that. From like a from a story perspective, it can be pretty cool because you get to see the you get to see the adventures. That you can almost if you if if you play them, you can almost see like a story take place two different ways on. In a way, because you can see it take place yeah. from someone else's perspective in mm-hmm. a different part of the world, 
and then in a different playthrough or yeah. even potentially simultaneously just watch watch similar things unfold in like almost in just another way with a different group of people and then from a unit perspective you can mm -hmm. balance it out and like having them you could like you could take erica's route if you have ephraim be like absolutely insane and then vice versa if somehow your erica's ridiculous you could potentially take the time to train ephraim up and you know you can have optimal gameplay perspective like that speaking of ridiculous erica's mm -hmm. words uh, sir <laughs> hey what yeah I've been I, Erica got a bunch of strength. Soren actually got a bunch of strength. He was doubling oh, with Meteor dude. and Blizzard and stuff. Like I, I like, I've wow. gotten some weird strength procs. Strength must be your lucky stat or something. You're doubling with Siege. Yeah, yeah I, I mean better than like luck. A not not a bad stat to be lucky in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, anything else about anything else about <laughs> Romhex? Definitely. I mean, I don't know. I think we can definitely say more stuff. Uh, yeah. I think things are getting better. <laughs> you know, like look at hacks now compared to two years ago. Things are. I mean, if you look at things are getting I mean, more advanced, more complicated. Like Last Promise and FE404 to what we have nowadays, and it's like night and day almost. <laughs> yeah. Not to give, yeah, not to give them is. too much yeah. shit, but I mean, they almost kind of asked. Well, Last Promise. I mean, and FE four oh four is about about mm -hmm. as bad in terms of writing. And I and I'm pretty sure Ray knows that and he doesn't really like give a shit so I won't. <laughs> so I'm not gonna Well he he is he's he's doing I, a new I heard about 404 that, and I'm actually that interested is. to see see if he can yeah. salvage that. What what yeah. he can salvage that to make it work. Oh I'm sure he, I'm sure he can Ray's a cool guy. I mm -hmm. like Ray. Mm-hmm. Because mm -hmm. FE404 was, it, um, it's it's something I've actually wanted to play, but it's just like, I almost don't want to at the same time, just because of all the horror stories I've heard about it, and all the things I've seen on it. But I mean, hey, if he's remaking <laughs> it, I'll definitely take a look at it. I'm interested to see what he does with it. Yeah. What was the question originally? Uh, just, just like, what, what does know. and doesn't make a Shit about hacks. And what makes what works, hacks what doesn't work. What do you like to see, you know? What do you like to see in, mm -hmm. in Hacks mm -hmm. Gast? This is an interesting question for me. Um, I don't even know where to start. There is, when you play a lot of fan games, um, there are definitely patterns uh, that not great games do. Um, and there are patterns and you know things that very good projects do. Um, I'll just name off some things that I don't like to see in fan projects when I play them. Uh, one is, and this was even a problem for me uh, when I first started. Um, and so, of course, this is, you know, anyone can start in a poor position and get much better. I mean, the first version of Bloodlines was like absolute garbage. Um, and the first person of the first version of Staff yeah. of Ages was total garbage, too. Yeah. I mean, there it's I mean, and even Midnight, Midnight Sun was total garbage. Like every ROM hack has been even I've heard, you know, FE7X was bad when it first came out. Like, they, it's all, it, it all starts in the same, everyone starts in the same mm -hmm. place. There's no single hack that I think, except for, like, maybe Requiem, that kind of just came out one, and it was really not bad. That was really almost just because it all came and, out at once, and it was just, like, this whole yeah. complete project. And it's just yeah. like, here, take it, have fun. Yeah. Yeah, and, and people, and, you know, there's people, are, there are some people who are, who are definitely contentious about Requiem that I've spoken to who have problems with it, but, I mean, every every project's going to have a problem with it. Um, but anyway, so there's things that you should never do, um, in my opinion. First is 
expedition exposition uh, dumps. Yes, um, I 100 percent agree you, there. Yeah, there's a lot of fan projects that do or that 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 talk way more than they show, mm-hmm. which is a big problem because, especially in the early game, when you're not very engaged in whatever is going on yet. So whenever you're you know seeing these world map expositions or these character expositions that there's no real action taking place yeah. yet it's very hard to actually remember what's going on with those kinds of things um that's one thing that irks me uh when they just talk too yeah. much i'm just i just want to get to the action right like i just like the, the first few chapters of a fire emblem game and even any game like any so game in important the, in all of video games it's like the, that first sort of what's what is what is interesting about this right now not an exposition dump. I don't. I don't. Honestly, people don't really care about no. exposition jumps at the very beginning. The first and that's what, actually one thing. One. So if your yeah. first impression yeah. is just like a wall of text, yeah. it's gonna be like, okay, we're gonna and, slog through all this, and then maybe I'll yeah. get something good. And and that exactly that exposition dump sort of thing is. I almost don't blame some people for doing that because it's a thing that the main series game tends to struggle with as well. Yeah, yeah. and that's something else that I fault the main yeah, series for absolutely. That. Um, how I have. Like almost many okay, many of the Fire Emblem games do the whole world map exposition at the very beginning, and I am very much against that. I think it's I don't think it's a I, good, I don't really like, like it because it's telling instead of showing because like you could explain these things in like yeah. some sort of yeah. potential dialogue exchange rather than just like, oh here, here's the situation. Mm-hmm. We'll throw you into mm-hmm. it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. FE6. Yeah. It's hard because you're not that. immersed and you're not it's the first thing you see, and it's like I'm looking at an oldie-style world map of countries I've never heard of, and I will not remember until they're relevant. Yeah, um, FEA, which is you FEA know that's a, that's like a, a gripe that I yeah, have. Yeah, FEA is so bad with that. Gang. I wouldn't. I would say FE Seven's yeah, pretty bad with that because it has sort of a network of like. Yeah. yeah, I I would say like FE Six and Seven are pretty bad because they they have like this sort of feudal system where like there are countries that are sort of part of other countries i actually find fe8 to be actually a pretty good way to do it um not because it like it changes the like the equation at all but like there's like what six uh, places to know about five yeah. in Carcino. and they're all yeah. monarchs yeah. yeah so they're all monarchs and you know the story of fe8 is so basic which i i just i love. agree i just love this simplicity yes yeah, yeah, so we've we've and of course so never had to say this but i people who listen to the podcast I fucking love the story of FEA. I think it it yeah. may be my favorite story in the in the series that I've played. Just because like you mm-hmm. said, it's so simple, but it works. Leon is a great villain. Yeah. You understand his motivations. Yeah. You understand how the other characters feel about him. It just it fucking works. Mm-hmm. It works. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, you know, the 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 the, the secondary villains like Orson and Falter are just gods yeah. and they're just amazing. <laughs> they're great. And Wessels I I, I can gab about FEA, but I'm not gonna get there. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, and I don't like that practice. Um, I felt like FE8, the, just like the setup of like, just what FE8 is, it kind of worked for them, uh, because they didn't really emphasize too much. They didn't really spend too much time on those kind of things. And, and Path of Radiance and Radiant Dawn don't really like it either, but at least they had a narrator yeah. to help with that. Um, still wasn't really memorable. So, so an exposition dumb is something I don't like to see in, in, in not only ROM hacks and projects, but in actual... Uh, games. Another thing I don't like um, are I want to say open maps, but sometimes open maps can work. Um, 
Like, what do you mean by open maps? Like, it's hard to like without terrain and walls and stuff? Or garden or... Like Awakening? It's sort of just like these sort of unappealing map. Okay, here, here this is what I mean. The aesthetics of a so map. map mm -hmm. So the when, literal map design. E yes, map design, just but also looks, just, just like how you know what? Is. We'll just You're say saying like the, yeah. the color scheme and things like that. Yeah, well, not quite color scheme. I guess you can say map design. Like, boring looking maps are just going to be something that are that's boring to like play through for me. Even if like the unit positioning is like near perfect. Um, wow. I just like to see pretty looking yeah. maps personally, and when they're not pretty, it's just like eh, it takes for me. It takes away from the experience. But um, a lot of people don't really care about art or don't care about you know the the pretty factor or the sprite factor. But for me, it's a it's something I really look forward to in in, in unique maps, um, that kind of thing. <clears throat> and in thing in terms of things that I really like to see, um, when people try to think of new ideas. Uh, you know, Fire Emblem kind of is not super... I mean, okay, I shouldn't say that. It is very innovative. There are always new mechanics being introduced to games. But um, ROM, like, ROM hacks just have this sort of, like, gritty sort of let's try this new super cool thing that's maybe... That's, that is rough around the edges, which is, like, it's... It, it, like, they're rough around the edges because they're not super polished and they're not professional. So it has these has this like kind of gritty feel these some of these like some gimmicks have um that are purely just trying to try just new new things without being fully fully tested it's hard to explain i know but i really mean. like just gimmicks trying in, things for the yeah sake i really like gimmicks and to see what works and what doesn't yeah yeah one range short yeah, bows anyone I, I, and, every fucking hack <laughs> in the world <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, those kinds of things um and i just find it very like respectable um and that's why one of the reasons why i really respect conquest because they every map felt like a a, a unique sort of gimmick and i respect yeah. that about it even if some kind of flopped in their face fran projects try to do the same thing they try to introduce uh new ideas um something i also uh, on that topic that i actually don't like that much is when they get in like they they sort of try to change like change the game or change uh introduce a new mechanic but it's a mechanic that already existed in older games um for example when 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 games like when fan projects use like introduce skills but they're just skills that are like already known in the franchise it's just like yeah you're being interesting and you're trying to implement something new in the engine of, of game boy advance but it's like it's creative but it's not very creative because right. it's just been done before like, when you throw in things like Astro yeah, Luna and, and Soul and whatnot and all of your standard iconic skills into a GBA game, you're basically just almost just slapping modern FE into into the GBA format. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, exactly. And it's, it's you know, and when people kind of, imp, like, bring in items, and I might even be guilty of this, too. I don't even know. But I at this point, I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, um, you know, when people, you know, take, they make they create weapons or they create, uh, like I said, skills or things that already existed. Yes. It's really cool to see those items being used in a different sort of environment in GBA in a different map that we haven't seen before. But at the same time, I have more respect for people who actually just 100% do something new, just testing, just like putting in an effort to put their foot forward and try a brand new mechanic that no one has ever seen before. That is something I love the most about, um, 
about about uh, fan yeah. projects, and that's that's I will always have respect for people who actually just have the balls to like do something right, new that's the one to that degree. That fan projects have over I agree. games is that you can try those ridiculous. Yeah, things. you can do whatever the fuck you want. If they were to try something <laughs> in a main game and it flopped, people are gonna complain about it for years. But if you try it in a fan game and it flops, well, revelation. Well, yeah. I mean, Revelation's an awesome point of that. I mean, stuff like shoveling snow—that's real fun. But I mean, like you can you can yeah. try those interesting and new crazy gimmicks, or uh, gimmicks may not be the best word, but just ideas and just almost just kind of throw them at the game and see what sticks and see what doesn't, and then you can sort of yeah. find out from there what does and doesn't work with fire. Change. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That seemed to basically um, be Kaga's strategy yeah. back in the first uh, five games to a large extent, because there yeah. are a lot of different crazy things that you see that never come back, or it, other ones that don't come back for like ten games. Yeah. You know, like dismount <laughs> or giant maps, or you know, Kaga did a lot of weird stuff, and he definitely continued to in the Saga games, and he seemed to be more into that sort mm-hmm. of ROM hacking philosophy than yeah. modern of just trying things he, what, what I think what, yeah what I, what I find interesting about Kog is he clearly had no care or intend to balance his games at all <laughs> which <laughs> like there's something to be said for that I think because I don't know we, we talked about this in our FE forecast but like it makes sense that a, a person you know a, a soldier that has a horse would be more equipped to fight than a soldier that does not have a horse so it it kind of makes sense. And I mean, I like, there are sometimes, like, for <laughs> I an example oh. I can think of off the top of my head, because I had to play Thracia and I had to use him, uh, Marty, there's no real logical story reason for him to be worth a damn. He basically just is a generic no, bandit. No, he's just funny. He's, he's fucking he's funny. He's a playable generic <laughs> bandit. His stats look like one, and he performs basically like one. You don't have to, like, just yeah. turn him into a god for the sake of making him usable. And for the sake, or like at least in the terms of like a design and growth perspective, just in the in the game right. itself, you don't have to make him like have ridiculous growths just for the sake of making him playable. You can just be that generic bandit on your team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, you don't he, <laughs> you don't have to make him good because how would the character feel if they married a, a character that was that wasn't good? We can't have people as supporting. I don't know. <laughs> there's also a, there's also for me like a unique charm when it comes to like intentionally designing and creating really bad yeah, characters. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Marty's so funny. Because you know, I mean, yeah, and and it's those kind of memorable characters that are absolute garbage that are like fun to yeah. like they're just like fun to use for the right. novelty I, of them being I used in Arden in in our FE7 or sorry, FE4 draft and Arden was just Arden was great. <laughs> I had so much fun using Arden. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, I'm and saying, if everyone to Marty, yeah, I mean, the only reason he's memorable is that he is notoriously bad. He is so bad, yeah. and so unmemorable that he's memorable. Yeah. And those characters like he's that got have build that, though. Yeah, he's got that's build. That's not all he's got. He's got a lot of build, yeah. and then he caps it, and that's <laughs> about it. That's that's Marty. But like those those characters, you almost want to make them work just because they shouldn't, and just because on the surface right. they don't. But you almost want to make them work, and you almost grow an attachment mm-hmm. to them because they're not good. So you don't have some to people have take it too far, though, and that's how you end up with Wendy as a nine out of ten unit. Mm-hmm. See that? That's a, that's another that's another one of my problems with modern Fire Emblem. Just I I said this before, but you know they got to make everyone a god because you know they got to make everyone appealing in some way, and everyone's got to be slightly usable. And 
I don't know. There's something to be said for that too. Mm. But just see, Marty has charm, and yeah, a lot of Fate's characters for me, and a lot of Awakening characters for me. There's certainly characters I do like in those games, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. For sure, for they sure. seem soulless. Um, yeah. I I'll say this though. Um, I think one of the best characters in Fate's. I actually haven't read much from him. I yeah, I, I haven't read Benny supports. I I I, I know in Mags' you, LP though, you've you've talked about your love for Benny. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The thing what makes Benny really fun is that when you think of him as a character, he's so average, and it's so refreshing <laughs> yeah. for me to to have an average yeah, just a character. Knight who's just, a fucking not knight. in terms of stats. He's He's just—he's like. First of all, I have an—I have a huge affinity for farmer characters because I grew up on a farm. I worked on farms when I was when I was younger and still in high school. And I kind of, you know, I still, I, st- you know, I. If you compare like my attire to people who are who other who, like other people in the Maritimes, it's a very classic sort of dark wash jeans, plaid trucker hat type thing. That's like my style a lot of a lot of the time. And so it's. It's like these these like these farmerish characters that I find are really interesting to uh, to 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 di- to, di- to dive into. Like I love I Brom because he's just like this. He's just a hick. He's honestly yeah. just a hick. <laughs> Brom and Nephany and 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 I haven't seen much of Donald, but with the thing with Benny is Not that like, out since he's much. so average, <laughs> yeah, and since 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 he's so simple, in contrast to these wacky designs. Like these crazy candy hair, like weirdly dressed. Yeah, just designed, look at like, these look at Charlotte, the one like, that he's you know his partner. Charlotte, and you get the exact contrast of what you're. Just yeah, D- yeah, yeah. Exactly, and so and so Benny is so low key. It makes him feel so natural, and because his character is just natural, his supports are also very like. There's a lot of humanity in it. And when you read, like, I feel like he's one of the most relatable characters from, like, a, just a human yeah. perspective because he's not a, he's, he doesn't have a gimmick. He's, like, a very well, like, he, of course, he's very silent and quiet and kind of a coward, but, like, those are not, like, those are actual traits that people have. Like, they're not over the top, but people are, all, the gentle giant is actually, there are people who are just huge guys who are very quiet, very polite, and they, they're very stoic, and they say very few things that are sometimes very profound and impactful, and that's Benny. And, Reading his supports and seeing um, how characters develop around Benny is just him. He's literally not only as a unit of sort of this rock, but like in his supports, he's also this rock that people sort of hold on to and develop off him. And I, that's why I really like Benny yeah. because, you know, he's he's very relatable off the bat and his supports are just people are drawn towards his like his menacing but yet like quiet and sincere look. And it's just—it feels honestly so natural, and he's—and that's why he's like my favorite character, of, like in the in the mm-hmm. game, is that he just seems supernatural and supports his his supports are honestly really great. I I want to bring up on the exact opposite end of that spectrum. I want I want to talk about <laughs> it, it. It is literally the polar opposite to this character, and it's another character that does work for me in Fates. And I, I know that some people may disagree with me on this. I think Arthur works oh. really well. <laughs> and and Arthur is he is a fucking gimmick character. He is a gimmick character. But but for me, Arthur is just he's he's almost her. They take that idiot. gimmick to another level. He's almost her little lovable idiot. Yeah, he just gets himself into so it much is. stupid they, shit, and he just you almost they take it to another character. And 
and they even put it as a part of his character design, like unit design. stats in game. His his unit design, and his, mm -hmm. you know, his luck stat. It's it's a part of his character, but it's also a part of how he functions in game. And Arthur Arthur fucking cracks me up. J just you know, all all this stuff. He for me, he's like Owain done right because I never found Owain funny, uh, or Odin. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and and I I have talked about countless times. The thing that just kills me about modern 3DS writing is there are no characters. Characters do not exist. There's just these stupid fucking gimmicks that they put in every single one of these supports. Hey, you like pickles? Oh, I like eating candy. That's literally <laughs> you know, one just... support for Hisumi. It's been overblown completely. It's only his I, 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 it was. I'm sorry. It was just the first example that came to my head. And, and you know, but it... There's also characters like Camilla, who 90% of her supports is, Wow, I love Corrin. Isn't Corrin the best? That's great. Not really. I, would say, <laughs> I mean, I would say like half, but she's still got a, the other half that are really amazing. I say, she has, I think... Like what? I think Niles, uh, I think her Niles I, support's actually pretty good. Though, I, mean, I, I have played have all three of these games. Yelma, which is atrocious. Yeah. Her, I, I, Leo, I've her played Xander. all three of these games... And I can't tell you anything about Camilla other than she has big tits and likes Corrin. And I've tried. <laughs> well, see, the thing, the thing with Camilla um, is that I feel like people want to defend Camilla because they want to, like, I'm going to probably anger people here, but her some of her supports are, are decent. Yeah. But for me, it doesn't, it's not enough for her supports aren't good enough to offset the sort of animosity yeah. that people have towards yeah. Camilla because for a lot of the time Camilla in her in her main campaign in conquest she's not doing anything no. she does no like, she just does like Hinaka they're just fucking pointless characters that don't really do anything yeah. and, and, and they pop up a couple times but it's mostly yeah. like shortly after they join yeah. and then they kind of just disappear mm -hmm. and then come back yeah so important. like Camilla's case when they have something yeah. related to Garen she pops up to say a couple things and then disappears into the void again. yeah yeah and see so in terms of like characters who get screen time Camilla gets the least she gets the least development in the main campaign and in her and in, and like the most we see of Camilla in the main campaign is that she's just this overly protective big sister yeah. sister you'd like to bang yeah um and her supports, most of, like a lot of them, not a lot. Maybe I forget. I, I I really dug into her supports at one point just to see what is actually going on with her. But a lot of her supports deal with Corin, and the ones who don't deal with Corin, just don't seem compelling enough for me to be like, you know what? She's actually not that bad. Yeah. For me, she just she, it's they're not good enough. They're not good enough. They're some of them are on the right track, it's but just they, not. There's not, there's, not there's not enough well. appeal for me. Yeah. Yeah, Camilla, and people people find value in her supports, which I, you know, if you find value, that's yeah. great. But for me, it's just it's no, not good it, enough. It doesn't doesn't cut it for me either. <laughs> have you seen? Have you guys seen? Um, I I I don't remember the person that wrote this this uh, this post on the subreddit, and it's killing me that I don't remember this person's name. But they they talked about how um, Silas is sort of the definition of just how what's wrong with with character writing and it was an extremely interesting <laughs> argument have have any of you guys read that I post no. i 
I it not. was something yeah. along the lines of like the fact that he's got that Silas just has like a, a lot of his characters around just being like this undyingly loyal to uh, to Corin, especially in the conquest or in the in the perspective of like birthright, where they were yeah. enemies and he was sent to kill him, and then he just he doesn't. He's like, oh hey, we were we were friends at one point. I remember everything about it, and you don't remember any of it. I'm just gonna follow you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Ugh, yeah. I, the, 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 the hard thing to sort of deal with for Conquest writing is that, yes, Arthur is a comic relief character, but he's a comic... It feels like he's a comic relief character in, an, in a cast of comic relief characters. Yes. Like, okay. that, everyone's a goof... Like, a lot of people feel yeah. like goofballs. Um, so, but that, that being said, though, Arthur is easily the most comic relief because he doesn't... Like, he doesn't really get any much deeper into being just... Arthur is what you get. Yes. And a lot of the other characters, despite being goofballs, there's more depth to them. But the reason why I feel like Arthur is that sort of goof-gag character be, is because you he, like, he is, you get what you get, you get what you get. What you see is mm-hmm. what you get with Arthur. And it's that's, that's his appeal. Like, he still has the right. appeal of being that big goof but, guy. Because what his Azura support is actually really good. Um, if you if you guys I, I have ever read, read that it, no. one, his Azura support is, it's 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 yeah it's it's easily his most grounded, um, and and uh, and nice support to read. Mm-hmm. I think I, if I remember correctly, that's definitely one that I. What like what I I just want to say yeah. on that very quickly is people may call me hypocritical because I I complain about gimmicky characters and Arthur is literally the, the definition of a gimmicky character and I say I like Arthur but the reason that Arthur <laughs> works for me, is because. Like I said, they they go all out with this. His gimmick is so enjoyable, and I suppose that's a sub- subjective thing. Not, or or what I'm getting mixed up. You know, you know what I'm trying to say. You know, it's it's all up to personal taste. Um, but the but the thing is, like you said, all these other characters are comic relief. But it's sort of they go halfway, and then their actually actual character isn't really that interesting. But with Arthur, it's it's like you said, you get what you get, and it works. And I would mm-hmm. like to see, you know, not like downer, serious characters, but more grounded in reality characters, which is something especially yeah. Conquest lacks. But um, mm-hmm. Arthur mm-hmm. works for me because they don't half-ass it, and uh, mm-hmm. I think I think it's, you know, I think he works. People may disagree, but. I think Arthur works. <laughs> I mean, he's one of the gimmick characters that, almost like I said earlier, feels just more likable, just because he's yeah. Just because he does. Of his he's a goofball. And, like you yeah, said, he's, one of the, he's just one of the goofball characters that just just feels like he works better than some of the others because yeah, yeah, like, like everything you just said, basically for that reason. Yeah. I don't know. I like Niles too. Right. I know a lot of people don't like Niles, but. <laughs> I guess I. <laughs> How did we get from Rom Hack? Shit to taste face? emblem. <laughs> and to tie that so, back to mm, like wow. the, the whole Rom Hack thing, like it's characters like <laughs> the original right, topic. We were talking about that about twenty minutes ago, but like just to, yeah, we to tie that all around back to it is like the those kinds of gimmicky characters and things, and because of the way the of the animosity that the community feels towards it, that's something that Rom Hackers capitalize on because they can use those 
things as like a negative example of what not to do. Like, okay, I shouldn't create more of this kind of character because mm -hmm. a large portion uh -huh. of people do not like this, and they can mm -hmm. use the mistakes and the, the good things and the bad things that that they do in the main series games and use that to guide the design of ROM hacks. Exactly. That's that's also a really, uh, and it's a it's a very good point you make. Good point. Because um, yeah, people like people can. The thing that the edge that I feel that ROM hackers have over game designers is that uh, ROM hackers are so much more receptive to getting feedback because it's such an it's such an intimate sort of thing. Like you just tell them what you don't like or what yeah. you like about a game, and then they can adjust to that. Um, and they can do it and they can adjust their development process while doing that. They can figure out for themselves even what works and what doesn't and what's good and what's bad um, because that's what happens. And it's really it's really nice to see um, such a such a such a profound change between like a version one and a version right. two when people accept all the feedback and apply it. And it's just it's really nice to see when people actually progress in such a visibly uh, impressive way in terms of, you know, character writing and, and chapter design yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah, that's definitely you know a, an ability that ROM hackers have is they can change and adjust much quicker. Like I feel like much quicker than, um, well I shouldn't say much quicker because the just the development process is the different. ROM hackers are going because, to be you know actual that game games out don't segments, whereas they an actual like stand, uh, like game dev will have well, you you won't see it until it's out. Yeah, or you'd see like a super late yeah, exactly. beta at that point where they can only change so much based on feedback like if everything that they've done is shit there's only so much they can do about it granted that yeah. doesn't happen a lot but i mean yeah. if there's enough dra like they can't only make so many changes because by the time they would roll out said beta they'd probably only have a couple months left of development and most of the work would be done whereas with rom hackers there there there's yeah. no set deadline of when it's done it's more of like a it's done when it's done which that could be a short period of time then more likely than not it's going to be like a year long multiple year long process and they can, or that'll never get done, or that it'll never get done. In some cases, in some cases, they'll right. lose interest. <laughs> and then, yeah, and the because yeah. the ROM hackers, in most cases, and I probably shouldn't even say most, in all cases, they're fans of the series. They know what they want. They know the things that they do, that do and don't work in the series, and the things that they like and don't like, and can use those things as influences to direct how they make their game. Mm hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, ROM hacks are cool. Cool. I think Fire Emblem's cool. <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like, like Fire I feel like ROM hacks. I feel like ROM hacking is really coming into like coming into itself. Yeah, more it's than taken any other off. Year. It's taken off now. Yeah, it's definitely you know the the, the projects are so much more res respectable yeah. and you know the 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 programs to make the 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 projects themselves are developing and they're getting better. Uh, I really feel like you know. And even like FE3 this year was very emblematic of you know the yeah, progression nice of this community in the sense that, um, <laughs> yeah, um, is that you know like in the in the previous years you know videos for FE3 in like over the span of the entire year maybe got like maybe it reached four thousand maybe it reached three thousand views for only a few videos but for this year's FE3 people are so much they love it so much like the teaser video got eleven thousand and yeah. counting views and. The Road to Ruin has counting eight thousand views. This is like these numbers are huge for the community, and you know it's grown, man. Um, this this community is growing at a fast growing, rate, and it's it's, it's lovely growing. to see. It's, it's a, beautiful. It's a, it's a really yeah. Just echoing what you just said, yeah. 
it's amazing to see um and it's really fun to be a part of it for it's uh, very fun to be a part of it yeah the, um Ronald hacking community from the outside for the last couple of years it is really nice to see all of these big projects coming in these more more ambitious and more i don't, I don't even want to know if i want to say high quality but for lack of a better word just more quality hacks and games coming out because the community itself is getting larger and more talented people or more yeah. or more ambitious people are coming into mm -hmm. the community and bringing their ideas into it and people can grow their own games and others games based off of what other ideas people have as the community grows yeah, yeah. i mean it's, it's really much nice as we like to, see, to for sure as much as we like to shit on modern fire emblem sometimes it does some things well and you know that's i think the best thing unquestionably the 3ds games have done is just open up the series to so many other people cuz it's great Pe I mean, pe people can be assholes and say, like, oh, you've only played Awakening? Fuck you. Well, at least they've played one game in a series, and they're probably, probably going to play another one. So, you know, just be happy that the series isn't dead. <laughs> like it was supposed to be after Awakening. There are a lot of people that would disagree with you on that sentiment. Mm, they would. They would they say would they're off yeah. dead at, like, X number fire on them. Well... Yeah. Hey, have, have you guys have you guys tried uh, out Amina? I, uh, I have. Fire Emblem. Yeah. Amina? We we I I made a post like it? about. Uh, it's kind of cool, right? I like it. I have I haven't used it. What do you think? I haven't used it, so I can't talk much on it. Uh. It's it's weird. It's um, it is it feels weird. Like it's it's a very different it, community I've, than the subreddit. Yeah, it, I feel like it's honestly like Reddit for kids. Yeah, it is. Wow. I feel like a lot of the users are very young. It's a bold, it's a bold and, thing to um, say. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, but like if you just you kind of you kind of get the sense of what people write on that yeah. well, Amino I mean, thing, you, and that's not to say that it's it I mean, sucks. It's just market, I I will say it's a very well designed app. It's it's nice to look at, and you know all the animations and stuff like that are cool. I think it's something. Um, so Awakening was not my first game, but it 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 was a game that, which I think it it was this is true for a lot of people. It it certainly got me into the series more, and I think this is something that if if I had known about the app when Awakening had come out, or or when I was younger even, I would have loved it and used it a lot. I think I think part of the reason yeah. that the um, a lot, audience is yeah. younger is just due to the accessibility of it, because it's just an app on the App Store and on Google yeah. Play. Whereas yeah, Reddit, you almost kind of need to, like, and yeah. forums like Fairness and everything, you almost kind of need to know a bit about, or at least know of it before you get into it, where these you can just download an app you do. and yeah. find Fire Emblem. Yeah. Like the, and the app itself is so, it's so colorful, like, the, all the icons are big mm -hmm. and bold, and, you know, even looking at the content, you look at the fan art, and it's clearly fan art from kids who are still right. developing their artistic talents. Yeah. Um, and it just has a very juvenile, like the art. The art that I've seen is very, is quite juvenile. But that's not to say it's right. bad. Everyone is young, right? There, everyone was young before. Um, and you know, all the a lot of the content has to do with um, uh, the 3DS games, which says probably something about you know the audience that's enjoying the app. I myself kind of, I'm just kind of there looking. I I try to post something silly once a day, um, just nothing serious. Uh, but I, I, I'm sort of, I'm not really sure how I, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm, for me, I'm lukewarm. 
about the app, but I, I still I still check it out, yeah. you know, I, I, a few times a day. I, I think it's a cool out. thing that exists, but I don't think it's for me, I think that most of us here are sort of... Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. Yeah. I feel like most of us are a little older than what they're aiming for. Uh-huh. I'm glad it exists, yeah. and, and I'm happy it's there for, say, it's another, for those that it makes happy. And then I I've posted there you know once once or twice and uh, tried to to get more people aware about the podcast and everyone there was very nice and uh, it, it seems like a very friendly community for the most part which is good it's good to mm-hmm. see that mm-hmm. yeah for sure so yeah I I guess that's about it really yeah. all right that about covers everything we want yeah. to so Gast it was it was great to have you on uh. I hope you, well, you had so a good much. time <laughs> for the past two hours I did. shooting the fun. shit with yeah. us. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Maybe maybe again in the future, never know. Maybe you and Mangs one time. That'd be a fun, fun thing to do. <laughs> oh, perhaps. <laughs> perhaps. I just try to make him laugh the entire time. Yeah. That could work. <laughs> a two-hour montage of could Mangs work. laughing. That can't be a bad thing, can it? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. But uh, this has been Emblem Cast. We're back, baby. Probably. Let's, let's, Hopefully. Probably. <laughs> Should be. Yeah. Should be. Oh, hi, Husser. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, um... Are you dying? I, I'm dying. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, rip, rip Husser. It was good knowing you. Uh, finally yeah. Here. Chris going is going to come Chris. back as the editor. Uh, all right. <laughs> all right. So, so uh... All right. That's it. Yeah, man. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. It.